everybody. Welcome to Player Advantage, the podcast. Uh, the machine named Dan couldn't make it this week. I'm Marcus, by the way, before I get into my, my co-host this week. Uh, I'm Marcus. I'm your host, as per usual. And this week, uh, making his official, for real this time, debut on one of these. Baby! That's me. I'm Manny. Matt Manny, if you don't know. It's uh, the... It's, you know, alternate timeline me. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, I, I'm, I'm, no, those, I'm, so that fucking picture of, like, the two Spider-Men. That's us. Each other, that's, that's, me, that's me and Marcus. <laughs> like, if I had to pick one image to sum up our relationship, it's that we're literally carving copies of one another, except you have better hair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, have, I have the beard, so we're stuck. Yeah, I I just got like that weird like Randy Orton beard. Oh yeah, it's, just, yeah, it, it's there and you respect it, but like you know that, that that's it. Right. That this is this yeah. is the best it's gonna get. Yeah, it's like okay, this this is uh, if that's a that's the beard. I'm like, well, like, a twelve time world champion. So I mean, <laughs> whatever, take man. That take that forward as a word. Yeah, take that forward. Uh, but yeah, we here to we here to banter about. Lots of things. I legit, I can't wait to get the Avatar. Oh boy, I've got thoughts. About I have that. some shit to say about Avatar as a whole. We're talking about James, um, James um, Cameron's Avatar. James Cameron's not not the incredible um, cartoon that. Although I do watched. have something to say about that because I did uh, do some stuff with that this week. But uh, before we get into what I did, what what have you been up to, man? What have you been uh, playing and watching and reading? What's been on your your plate? Uh, well, I've been playing Destiny 2 like a crazy person um, since that dropped. I played Destiny 1 pretty heavily, even though I kind of fell off towards the end because anyone will can attest that that game was not great, but I played the hell out of it. Destiny 2, however, is pretty great, and I am, I've been playing that pretty, pretty nonstop. Uh, that's, that'll probably change once Tekken 7 drops Geese. Oh, um, oh boy, once Geese comes out. It's once all Geese, geese all comes the, back, all it's going to be time. pretty much like you cannot escape your own death. Like, I can't. <laughs> I cannot wait for Geese to show up. But other than that, I've just been playing uh, Destiny as far as what I've been watching. Uh, American Vandal on Netflix is, is, is the hype of shit. It's a really good like parody of true crime. Like, like imagine... Making a Murderer, but it was about dicks. That's American Vandal. <laughs> okay, so what was this called? It's called American Vandal. American Vandal, okay. Yeah, it's like a, 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 like a satire show about um, like mocking true crime documentaries. It's about someone, someone spray-painted 27 dicks on cars <laughs> in a school parking lot. And they're trying to figure out who drew the dicks. And that, sounds like, that sounds like unreleased like this is like a cutscene from Clerks. Yeah, that like, like that entire thing could have been like a conversation that happens in Clerks, but it's it's just and it, it's really funny. It's it's drawn out. It's eight episodes long, so it's a really short watch. Um, other than you that, said eight episodes long. Yeah, it's like eight episodes long. Yeah, That's and then like thirty minutes. Yeah, thirty minutes of pop. Eight episodes. It's fucking. Oh, that's perfect. right in my that's right in my my wheelhouse then. Like. Yeah, yeah. I, hate, I, I I realized it after you said it, like, 
this was this was a long time ago when you just started yelling about like how you hate when shows are way too long. Yes, I I and I understand why. Um, this is about to get really geeky in a little, but for the longest time, um, TV shows the rule for syndication is you have to get to one hundred episodes. If you hit one hundred episodes, you get syndicated. Syndication means other networks can pick up your show, meaning everyone gets those residual paychecks. So most shows aim for that. Well, eventually they said, hey, now you have to hit 100 episodes. You gotta pick 80, which is why most shows run 22, 23 episodes a season, because as long as they get four seasons of TV out, they can get syndicated, and everybody just gets like a fat payday for every other station that picks it up. So I get why it happens. It's still stupid, and I hate it. Yeah, because um, uh, it's just not entertaining to me more times. Yeah, a couple weeks ago, me and Dan were talking about that. It's like that sucks. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's a lot to to, to deal with. Like some shows I'm okay with. But, um, like I mean, I like The Flash on the CW, um, and that's a twenty plus episode show. That's fine. The Flash makes good use of it. Other shows do not. Uh, I have watched Supernatural for an embarrassing amount of time, and man, that show. That's why I never got into Supernatural. Like straight up, like it should not be twenty episodes a season. Like I remember, this would have been like four, five years ago. Looking and going, like, how do people get into this show? It's they're in. I want to say they were going in like season nine or season ten at that time, and it was just like nine seasons yeah. of forty-two minute episodes at twenty-two episodes a season. Why does anyone do this to themselves? I don't. And and it's somewhat tolerable when you watch live, but if you're trying to binge it, man. Yeah, that, that is... was the problem I had with um with Quantico. Uh, yeah. Where like, hey, that's show. That show's got a cast that I like because it's got it's got uh, Joanna Brady basically just playing Jenny Matrix again. Mm-hmm. It's got, also uh, shout out to Priyanka Chopra. I was gonna say Priyanka Chopra, the most attractive woman literally alive. Yes, I just put that into the universe. But like, like me and my brother watched that whole first season in two days, and I was like, I never want to watch another episode of this show. Like, yeah, it's like I, like last year, I, um, you don't remember this, but I watched Lost. I do remember that. Um, you I watched, watched all of Lost in like two weeks or something. Yeah, that's, that's of it. The episode of Pop for the most okay. part. Most oh, of that got lost weeks. right now, so like the, uh, the audio you saying that, it cut out. Oh, oh well, that's, that's fitting. Yeah. That's fitting. Um, but, uh, before, um, I got, um, um, erased from the timeline just now. Uh, I watched Lost um, in two weeks. And that's six seasons around 20 plus at a pop, give or take. And I love that show. It, it, it is officially one of my favorite shows. But man, it's a lot of TV to watch in that short amount of time. And it really highlights that um, we're in a culture of, of binge watching now. That most people wait until the shows are 
um, like on Netflix or on Amazon or whatnot. And I just can't, for the life of me, even as someone who, who does it, why would you look at this show and go, man, five seasons, 20 episodes of the piece, this is my shit. Like, why? You could do so much more with that time. And I, just, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I think that's why, like, I watch a lot more anime than I used to now, where, like, like, I, like as a teenager, I loved it, and I would watch, I would watch a lot of stuff. I remember I watched, uh, like, back to back to back, I watched, um, uh, Aquarion, Juose, and Gurren Lagann, like, within the span of a month. Yeah. And, like, that was, like, the height of me watching anime as a teenager, where I was just, like, I was burning through stuff, like, in a matter of days. But, like, as I got, yeah. as I've gotten older, like, like, I find myself watching through series, like, like, binging them, but, like, taking them casually, because, like, hey, it's always gonna be you know, 30-minute episodes at most, and most seasons of anime go 12 episodes. Yeah, 12 or, thir- or 13 tops. Right. And then, un- unless yeah. it's one that gets, like, that special treatment where, like, My Hero Academia is wrapping up its uh, its second season tomorrow, that episode comes out. And okay. it's at, I want to say this season was 12. 28 episodes or 26 because and uh, and 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 that's fine because i can handle 20 episodes at 30 minutes of pop that's one thing like a long like a long um like a a show with like 20 plus episodes a season but the episodes are like 30 minutes that that's one thing you can knock out two episodes a night and and get done with it in a still in a pretty good amount of time, but it's when shows get to be in like you know, like I I cannot get into the X Files. The first season of that show is at like what twenty five episodes, yeah. and they're all an hour long. I can't do it. I refuse. I I know the X Files is is kind of a sticky towel as far as like sci fi goes, and and I've tried, but man, every time I think about it. And I look at that episode count. I'm like, you know what? I'm okay with yeah, this. I'm that, okay having never seen this ever in my life. I think that's a big problem that like the Marvel Netflix shows have run into too, where it's like, hey, I'm cool with watching 13 hours of Daredevil. You know, the the first yeah, se- then, the first season of Daredevil was good enough that like 13 episodes fit it like it fit it real snug. But then yeah. you get to Jessica Jones, and it's like. They have to manufacture problems towards the end yeah. of that show to extend yeah. the length. It, it, I think for me, it got the most egregious in Luke Cage. Yeah, like I know Iron Fist had its problems, but Luke Cage ate that that uh, that episode problem real, real hard because yeah. like you are actively creating reasons for Luke to not go fight. Uh, time and pack. Yeah, and it's like that that show that show's momentum just like died to death after episode six. Like after episode six, I was like, okay, surely this season's over. Yeah, after Cottonmouth right. goes away, it's like ooh, how do you what, Yeah, what else is there for Luke to 
to do. And then like, oh, by the way, here's this other off-screen person that you have to give a shit about now. I'm like, okay. And that just lasts for so long. And it yeah. doesn't even, the payoff doesn't even feel that good. It's like they fight in the middle to... of the street, but like you could have yeah. done this four episodes ago. Yeah, like, and like Daredevil season two is fine. I, I do feel like after the focus stops being about the Punisher, it kind of loses itself. That That's where I stopped because, watching it. Where, like, as yeah, soon as Elektra it, it, shows up and it's like, like, I watched, I want to say, the first two episodes with Elektra being back, and I was like, I'm not feeling it. Because, like... Yeah, like, because after that, it's just... Waiting for like, Frank to come back into frame. Pretty much. And, like, and it's, it's retroactively made better by the Defenders. Um, because the Defenders might as well be, like, Daredevil and Friends. It's, it's mainly about Matt. Like, well, Matt's, I like, feel like, the main character of the Defenders there. All, all of the Netflix shows, in a weird way, are connected more to Matt than anybody, because, like... Yeah, exactly. Like, Iron Fist is the most separated, but it's the most connected, because all of that stuff with the hand, and Madame Gao, and Nobu, yep. like, all that stuff is stuff that that started in Daredevil. Like, yeah. I remember like, having conversations uh, during Daredevil Season 1 when um, when Madame Gao hands the bag to somebody, like the little heroin bag, and it's got the serpent on it. And I yeah. freaked out. Yep, I remember that. I remember that. Um, we, remember, we, we talked about that on Twitter after Daredevil came out. And, uh, but yeah, it's... I, I will say this. Defenders proves that eight episodes is a good fit for these Marvel shows. Um, and I hope I hope Punisher is only eight episodes. But I will watch 13 episodes of John Bernthal as Frank Castle. So uh, like if, if that's 13, I'll be okay with that. You know what? I, I kind of hope it's 13. I hope Runaways goes 13. Yeah. No way. Runaways because, being 13 would probably be good. Because of the just the general tone of that source material is something that can work with 13. Yeah. Uh, because, like, your first season is laid out for you in the source, where it's like, Runaways Volume 1, go. Yeah, yeah. If, if, if they don't just adapt that first volume into the first 13 episodes, then they're already going to be doing it wrong. Because I, I want... I want every dumb thing that happens in Volume 1 to be in that show. Like, I want that yeah. weird vampire that shows up for one issue. Yep, to be there. Exactly. <laughs> like, that guy is great, because he shows up, he bites Carolina, and then he explodes. Yep. Like, Alright, gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, your blood is made of sunlight. Pop! Yeah, like, well, I guess, yep. Um, speaking of random Marvel shows, you know what I forgot was giving a show? Cloak and Dagger. Oh my god, yeah. And I remember, I seeing, remember the, seeing the casting for that and going, yep, that's them. I remember watching the trailer and going, okay, sweet. And then I just never heard anything else about it. I've like, heard more about Inhumans than that. Uh, like, I, I, at work tonight, I was uh, in the back, and the first episode was on. And for some reason, I just like lost my mind at like, Black Boat angry signing words at someone the the weirdest thing to, about that show to me is that like like i said this to somebody who doesn't watch a lot of who doesn't know a lot about game of thrones but i'm just in there like is that ramsey 
Yeah, like, and it's funny because I watched him first in Misfits. He was in that show, uh, which is a good show. That people should watch if they haven't. It's 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 like raunchy X Men pretty much. That's your bad. Um, but he was in that show, the pretty meek kind of character. So then him popping up in Game of Thrones as a an actual psychopath was jarring, and now he's in this show. And yeah, um, but it's hard for me to look at him as his character when I've seen those two different ones beforehand. But um, I think I didn't see enough of the show to make an opinion on it. But the fact that it's like pretty much canceled already. Okay, so that wild. Um, that was I guess a weird misprint. Uh, where okay. it was supposed to say like the complete season or the complete like. Like it was a poster thing where it says, "Inhumans: The Complete Series," and to be fair, oh, they okay. never said that Inhumans was planned to have more than one season. So maybe it is just straight up a one season deal, or maybe, maybe. it's canceled, or maybe it was yeah. a, a production error. It could be any number of things, actually. Yeah, I guess we'll see in summertime. Yeah, yeah I guess we'll I, find out. Yeah, because I I don't know I don't know much about the Marvel TV show outside of the Netflix stuff. Cause I, I stopped watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. once it stopped, once it was like, hey, we're not important to everything else in the universe. So I think I, I watched well. literally one episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and like, I was like, oh, I'll keep up with this. And then I just didn't like. I watched the, like, the first two seasons. And, and like the first season, once the events of Winter Soldier affect the show, it gets really good. But after that, they just stop really having tie-ins to the movies. And on one hand, I get it. Like, S.H.I.E.L.D. is gone, like, in the MCU. But I feel like that's just a really lazy way of saying, like, hey, we don't really want to shell out the money to like maybe like a scene from this movie in the show to kind of like make these characters feel important. And I know um the um actress who plays uh Sky Chloe, she's been very adamant about the fact that their show isn't really important in the grand scheme of things and the rest of the Marvel canon. Um I mean, the Netflix stuff also kind of isn't like they make like references to the Avengers um, yeah. on occasion, but because timeline, it doesn't matter retroactively. Like exactly, yeah. Like I remember paying just enough attention to Luke Cage to catch, oh, Luke Cage happens in the summer of 2015, and they don't yeah. ever explicitly say that, but there's like one line of dialogue that like hints at that, and that's when they're in the barber shop. And um, they're talking about the Knicks. And they're like, I hope that kid from, like, Latveria or whatever is good. And they're like, he's Latvian. And they're talking about Chris Porzingis, who was the, mm-hmm. the Knicks' uh, first-round draft pick in 2015. So it has to yeah. take place, like, August. Like, July, August 2015. Right. Yeah, so I'll, I'll be really know about the Netflix stuff is that we know it takes place after the events of the Avengers. 
Like that's all. It's all that we really know. Yeah, it um, takes place after Avengers One, but before Avengers Two. Yeah, cause I, I don't think. Because I don't think I, I don't remember any of the recent shows mentioning, um, the events of Civil War. Right. I don't think any of them. I don't think any of them do. And like, for yeah. for Daredevil and Jessica, that's something where it's like this is fine because those believably happen within a couple weeks of each other because yeah. of when they came out where Daredevil air Daredevil came out spring 2015 Jessica Jones came out fall where it's mm-hmm. like it's been a few days since that happened now this is happening but right. like Luke Cage is weird because it takes place after Jessica Jones and either after or concurrently with Daredevil season 2. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's concurrently. Because I think they're running side by side. Because like Daredevil season 2 came out in the spring of 2016 and Luke Cage didn't come out till the summer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it's 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 odd. And I uh I don't know. I mean, like I like the Marvel Netflix stuff. I mean, my, 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 my biggest dream, and I've said this since he popped up in Civil War, I think they're missing a big opportunity to bridge the gap between the movies and the series, but not just giving Peter a Netflix series. The, the weirdest part of that is that Spider-Man is the perfect character to have. Yeah. He's perfect for it. Yeah, he's perfect for, for to be in both because... Um, and just speaking about MCU canon, not not necessarily comic canon, every character that he's closest with is on Netflix. Yeah, like Danny teaches him how to fight. He he has a relationship with Luke and Jessica. That he babysits their child when she's born. In the in the comics, uh, him and Jessica went to high school together, which is impossible now because they insist yeah, on exactly. making him fifteen, but. Uh, like, yeah, like, and he, he and Matt are, and Matt is the only MCU character that I can say is Peter's best friend. Like, like Peter and Matt are, are, are close. Um, and which is why my favorite. That, uh, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. Uh, my favorite individual Spider-Man panel of the last ten years is that shot. I think it's from a Daredevil comic where Daredevil is making out with Black Cat. And Spider-Man is on the side of a building, and he can see them, and he's just like, "I'm pretty sure this is my supervillain origin." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know that you're talking about. Um, yeah, like I mean, I, I know they won't because they they essentially lose money by giving away Spider-Man for free in 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 that sense. But I feel like he's he's perfect to be. He, he's just I, I I've said this before to you. He's like the patron saint of street level superheroes. Yeah, that like one of my favorite things about Spider Man in general is that he, um, like, as he got older, they thought it would be a, a really good idea to have him kind of be a mentor character to young teenage superheroes. Like, yeah. there's there's the issue of Runaways where they run into him and he's just he buys them dinner. Yeah. Um, he's teaching like he teaches Miles stuff. He teaches uh. Uh, I can't remember her name. The new Spider Girl. 
Not Silk. No, not Silk. All he does with Silk not is, silk. like, make out. Silk is great yeah, because, true. like, they can't ever be around each other for more than, like, ten minutes. Yeah, I love Silk. I need three more of her stuff, but uh, what I have read of hers has been really good. Uh, yeah, she's got some great stuff during Clone Conspiracy, where she's um, she's running around in San Francisco with Peter, and uh, nice. and with Maddie Franklin of all people. <laughs> it's like it's very weird. What a what a pairing. Um, yeah, it's 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 weird because because Peter is such a linchpin. Like he, he's like how Nightwing is in, in with DC. Like everyone's worked with him. Like their, everyone knows him. Their roles are are like shockingly similar. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like they're just kind of like their personalities are kind of similar in the sense that they're they're they, they take it seriously but not right. And um, they they both have had this weird thing where like editorial has looked around them and been like, hey. We want to make something seem super dire in our big event. We sh- something bad has to happen to somebody. Yeah, and like there was in, a, in Infinite we, Crisis, it was where they were originally going to kill Nightwing, and that's why I think yeah. his book started going real bad for him real fast. He worked for Slade for a while. Like there was yeah. a lot going on, going bad in Dick Grayson's life, and then they, mm-hmm. you know, they they talked about it and they were like, mm, no. And they decided on Superboy instead. And this, a similar thing happened to Spider-Man uh, with the the lead-up to Civil War Two, where they were like, something bad is going to happen to Peter Parker. And Dan Slott, uh, saint that he is, went, no. Yeah, <laughs> you can't do that. You can't do that. Like, I, like, I've, I've always been a proponent of Dick Grayson being arguably the most important character to the DC universe. And I feel the same way about Spider-Man. Like, I feel like it's just, like, Dick, Dick talked an army of superheroes to jump into a portal where they didn't know where they would end up. But they did it, because he said to do it. That's a, that's a power that Batman doesn't have. Superman doesn't even have that. Right, like if it's a Peter. Peter and... is they trust Peter so much that when it was like, Hey, somebody's gotta work with hope so that she learns what she has to do. Uh yeah. during during Avengers vs. X Men, they all looked around and they said, Spider Man, do it and he went, Why me? And yeah. Like, this is your whole thing. Yeah. And 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 Pete is like I I don't know, man. I, I I just I can't imagine a more important character to the Marvel canon than, than Peter Parker. Like I I really can't. And it's even um it's not even like a secret that other superheroes think he's the greatest of all time. Yeah, and not just in but, like Ultimate where Cap tells him you're gonna be the best of all of us. Yeah, in six one six like. But like Peter, at one point, like he's because he's worked closely with the Fantastic Four many times, right? And uh, he's, he's he's really tight with all of them. And he laments um, that he's not as smart as Reed Richards, 
and Reed goes, uh, you got turned into Spider-Man at 16 years old, and you're still just as smart as I am. If you, if you would have stayed and had to focus on school, like, I don't have doubt in my mind, you'd be smarter than me. Like, I had the luxury of not becoming a superhero until I was an adult. You until I was, like, in my mid-30s, like... Yeah, like I, you were a child, and you took on an enormous responsibility, and you're still a genius. So, the, I'm only the smartest man alive because you're not. You didn't. You didn't get to be that because you, you got to be something better. And it's it's just like, like hearing like the way other people reveal. Like even Wolverine, who hates everybody, he loves Peter. And they like they have like this really fun antagonistic friendship, like especially especially during um Bendis's run on New Avengers when they're like the Avengers team is like them and Luke and Danny and Cap. Yeah, and that was a good team. It's it's got my favorite interaction of theirs. Next, second only to uh, the time in Ultimate, in which uh, in which their brains get switched by Jean Grey. Yeah, I remember that. That was funny. Uh, but my favorite interaction with them is when um, when Norman Osborn shows off his Dark Avengers, and they're like, "Okay, so the Spider-Man is Venom. Who's the Wolverine they've got?" And Logan goes, "It's my kid." And everyone pauses for like two panels, and Peter goes, "You've had sex." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. But yeah. The TLDR of this entire little string of manager is that Peter Parker and Dick Grayson are both respectively the goats of their universes. And it's 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 not even like fan conjecture. Like people in their universes agree, oh yeah, they're they're kind of the best. And everyone should uh, read their their stories because they're all great. They're all really good. Yeah, I'm actually reading Grayson right now. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, Grayson was was fantastic because it's just I'm him, loving him, it. Him dicking around with my with Midnighter. Yeah. Um, like I just and the current Nightwing run also super good. Yeah, uh, rebirth the rebirth one. Yeah, rebirth Nightwing rebirth great because it's got yeah, my favorite. I, uh... One of my favorite things in comics, which is like, hey, show your superheroes being people. Yeah. It, it's why the John which Lewis is... run on on Robin is so good, because it's like, hey, yeah, there's a bunch of scenes where he's doing Robin stuff, but you know what's real fun? Him hanging out on hanging out on trains with Stephanie. Yeah, like that, that's that's what I always talk about Peter's uh, Peter stories because they they just run concurrently with his life. Like it's like, oh man. Like they never give you a moment to not see that he's just a person, and he's doing this because he he wants to do it. Like he doesn't have to be Spider Man. He can easily say, "You know what? I'm not going to do this. I'm going to hang out with my girlfriend and not bail on her for the 100th time." Yeah, but uh... he can't do that. He can't not be like a hero, even at the cost of like his personal life suffers because he does this and he doesn't get recognition for it because people either hate Spider-Man or, you know, someone's trying to kill him and 
it's a selfless job, but he does it because he just he, he can't not like like his 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 entire being is that I I have these powers, I have to use them to save people, or else what's the point of having them? Yeah, and like Spider Man kind of embodies that like I can't tell anybody thing, even though like when uh in clone Con- like do you know anything about clone conspiracy? Not much, no. Uh, so the jackal is bringing people back to life. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, short answer. And so one of those people is Gwen Stacy, and, and it's like actual Gwen Stacy. It's like straight up, like he got Gwen the moment she died, and brought her back to Damn. life. Damn. Like he, like, so she's got all her memories up till the point of death. Oh wow. And um. She talk, she's talking to Peter, and she's like, knowing that you're Spider-Man now, it makes all of – it makes everything that happened between us make more sense. It makes every time you ran out or canceled on me or ignored me, it all makes sense now. And just like yeah. – there are so many times in his life where it would have been easier for him to tell people, hey, I'm Spider-Man. Um, but instead, he chose not to as a means to protect them, so they wouldn't be like, yeah. like Ultimate Mary Jane, who was constantly throwing herself into danger because she was worried about him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, why, why do they just keep torturing various forms of Peter Parker with Gwen Stacy? Because it's, it's the easy one. It's, yeah, like if like, you learned everything about Peter Parker's life and you were a villain, what would be the one yeah. thing you would throw at him every chance you got? Yeah, I, I remember. Um, uh, I've read Ultimate like live. I read Ultimate as it came out, um, and I remember when when Gwen dies in Ultimate. <laughs> um, Gwen's ultimate death. To just to to detract for a second, Gwen's ultimate death hurts more than every other one every other version it is heartbreaking it is because it's it doesn't it's not random but and, and for, for context she gets killed by carnage in ultimate like in peter's like, in peter's backyard like the carnage symbiote is just like working about it sees her and it just like annihilates her and purifies her body it's fucked up and, and go ahead. And she, she fucking goes back. And it's like, why? Let Peter breathe for a second. Like, but no, like every incarnation of Peter Parker, he has to have some kind of turmoil in his heart for Gwen Stacy. Like, did you ever read the What If comic of Other? The What If comic of what? Um, all right. You remember the arc where uh, Peter. Peter essentially dies, and um, he ends up succumbing to like the spider portion of himself. Yeah, so that, that's when he, that's when he comes back. He has like the spider stage in his wrists. Like he's like stronger, faster. And you learn that he's not a human with spider powers. He's 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 part man, part spider. So he, he becomes stronger, faster, all this stuff. Um, well, in um, 
in the What If comic, um, Peter, just, he gives up. He's like, all right, I, I'm going to die. And while he's doing that, the Venom symbiote senses that Peter's weak. And, like, it, it jumps off of uh, Matt Gargan, like, mid-swing. Like, just, like, dumps his ass. And Scorpion just eats it super hard. Yeah, Scorpion just, like, fucking eats pavement, pretty much. And it finds Peter. He seems like this, like, cocoon under a bridge somewhere. Like, and, like, just, like, struggling to, like, either, like, let this happen or not. And he just, like, he chooses to give up, essentially. And the symbiote, like, creeps up to him and fucking takes him over. And he goes and attacks... He goes after Mary Jane first because he wants to, to, to give her the symbiote. And Luke Cage tries to stop. He fucking stabs Luke Cage, which is thing, which is which is wild. And he goes, he goes, all right, well, screw you guys. Um, I'll I have something else in mind. He digs up Gwen Stacy's body and sends the symbiote into her grave to reanimate her. And like, and that's how it ends. It ends with digging up her body and sending the symbiote in, and like, just like waiting for her to get back up. It's fucked up. It's great. I love it. But man, it is like every, every every form of Gwen Stacy being used to just like emotionally ruin Peter hurts me as a person because he does not deserve to have it thrown in his face every time. Yeah, um, and then there's the reverse in Spider in Spider Verse where it's like, hey, so here's a universe where Gwen Stacy got bit. Guess what? Peter became the lizard and died. <laughs> That's right. Like he hey, became the uh, lizard and died fighting Gwen. He died in Gwen's arms. Like it's yeah. it's awful. It's messed. It's like the the first time I realized that Iron Man wasn't shit. Was when he told Peter that, hey, if you were better at this, Gwen Stacy would still be alive. Well, all right, well, all right, asshole. It, it wasn't that he up. told, he didn't tell Peter that. He told Cap that. Oh, that's right. He and, like, that, that made me so mad because Peter, I but think, was was still, still, the... Peter was still working for him at the time. And it's like, yeah. you're going to, you're talking trash behind your employee's back about something that haunts him every single day he wakes yeah, up in the morning and the first thing he thinks is oh god i i'm the reason gwen's dead yep like man like, I, we just spent an entire podcast talking about how fucked up tony stark is but yeah we won't we won't, we won't do that here because there's other shit to talk about uh like, anything uh, else you got into many um not really that, that's just the main thing um as far as what um what I've been reading is many big list stuff. I've been reading Rebirth and uh, Grayson, which is both really good. I haven't read Power Rangers yet. I'm uh, waiting for that to start reading that. Uh, but yeah, what about you? What have you been, been watching, playing, reading, et cetera, et cetera? Um, well, I haven't been doing too much differently than I've like talked about already like the last couple weeks. Um, I've been continuing going back through uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood which remains mm -hmm. it remains the best like like that is a show that is on another plane of, like it's on its own tier of like 
there's good, there's great, there's full model alchemist. Yeah, like it's 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 the S rank of 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 long form anime storytelling for sure. Because it's so long, but it's paced so well. Like it's it's over fifty episodes, and it's just like mm-hmm. it's paced phenomenally. It is paced. Yeah, like you can break every arc of that show up into its own like little patch of episodes. Right. And like once, here's once you... here's everything up until Scar. Right, where that's six yeah. episodes, and here's Scar up through like the introduction of Greed. Like here's them versus the uh, the first few homunculi. Like, mm-hmm. and there's there's one thing that has been sticking out to me because I've been paying special attention to Hughes as I go through it. Right. Um, and spoiler for anybody who hasn't who's never seen uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, if you don't want to be spoiled on that, skip ahead a little bit. Um, but Hughes is killed by Envy, and it's just this really fascinating thing about it is that Hughes is a character that Envy's nobody. Hughes has a damn near perfect life. Yep. He's got, you know, he's got friends, he's got a beautiful family, and he's got a job that he likes, you know, when you don't remind him of the war crimes. Right. Like, it's like, Hughes is a man who resent, who regrets one thing, and that's being involved in what happened in Ishval. And that's it. That's the only regret he has in his entire life. Everything else, he, he loves it. And it's so fascinating to me that he was, that they deliberately had him killed by envy. Uh, and like, it was pointed out to me a long time ago where it's like everything that happens in Full Metal Alchemist, like everything that happens in relation to the homunculi, is very intentional in what it's in what happens to it. Like, like Havoc is par- Havoc is a womanizer, and he's paralyzed by lust. Like lust puts him in a wheelchair. Gluttony is yeah. eaten alive. Um, Envy was jealous of humanity, so he killed a man who had a perfect life, and then was killed in revenge by that man's best friend. Right, Envy getting washed by Mustang is <laughs> one of many very satisfying moments in Brotherhood. Like, and the thing is, they kind of make it a point to understate just how strong Mustang is the whole series up to that point. Yeah, he Where is. The first two times you could see him do something, it's in the rain, so he's useless, and mm-hmm. Hawkeye has to take the lead on it. But when he right. gets to Envy, they are in somewhere enclosed, and he whoops Envy up and down that hallway six ways to Sunday. Yeah. I, I, um, I, I've watched through Brotherhood a few times myself, and the one thing that always stands out to me is greed. Greed rules, man. Like I didn't realize how much I liked greed until the last time I watched it, where it, it where I just like, I was like, yo, greed is the only person here who is absolutely correct all the time. Yeah, greed is just his character arc is fascinating, and 
some of the right. best uh it's some of the best voice acting of Troy Baker's whole career. Oh yeah, I I, I really I really think that Troy Baker low key peaked at Greed because he is great at Greed. I mean, more specifically, Greed Two. Yeah, gre- Greedling. Yeah, like because there's because Greed exists, um, but he gets he killed gets by smoked. Father. Yeah, he gets busted, um, and a new Greed forms um, and takes over Ling's body, but they're kind of like cohabitating. And that that version of Greed is voiced by Troy Baker. And Greed 2, a.k.a. Greedling, a.k.a. Greed Redux, is the man. He is great. He is he is the best kind of anti-hero turned hero character. Right, and he's got my favorite right. line in the whole series, and it's when he's talking to Ed. Which one? It's, uh, he's oh, like, yeah. the, the everybody wants something speech. Yeah. Where he's like, greed isn't bad. He's like, greed isn't good, but it's also not bad. Everybody wants yeah. something, kid. Yeah, and like his his um his big damn hero moment in Brotherhood like never fails to like fuck me. When he like punches Ling in the face so he doesn't get consumed by father. Yeah, and, like, he's like, like father's going stuff. to consume me. That's fine. You're not going yeah. with me, idiot. Yeah, like it's it's like to the end he's just like you're a piece of shit, but you're not gonna die today, homie. And he just like slaps him in the face and lets father consume him so that they can fuck shit up. And yeah, man, like I I wish Greed got more to do, but he did so much already that I feel like it's just. I don't know. He's, he's probably like my favorite character in all of the this. Um, even even the first one that wasn't that didn't follow the manga at all. I love Creed. That 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 tripled in Brotherhood because he's such a fascinating character compared to the other homunculi. Yeah, like the the most interesting homunculus, uh, other than other than Greed to me was was Wrath. Yeah. Because like. Once, once wrath is revealed, it is you could look back and go, "Oh my God, it all makes sense yep. now. Everything that happened in Ishfall makes sense now. Everything that has happened yeah. over the course of the series now makes perfect sense because you, it was you the whole time." Mm-hmm. And um, the other thing that I noticed going back to the beginning is I forgot that. Uh, the speech that Ed gives to Father after he gets his arm back, he says it to Tucker earlier. Oh, he does. He's just like, no, he doesn't say it to Tucker. He says it to uh to Father Cornello, and he's like, I'll show you just how much of a novice you really are. And because he doesn't say it again, he doesn't say that exact phrase again for another sixty episodes. You forget. That he said it, so when he says it to father, it's like, oh, he's just gonna, he's just gonna body him. But it's not, yeah. it's, you don't realize it's him referencing something he said earlier. Yeah. What a good bookend, I don't think about it. Yeah, like, uh, another really good bookend in that is um, the picture that is at the end with Ed and Winry and their kids. 
they are posed deliberately like the picture of Ed, Al, their mom, and Hohenheim. I, I I have the um the sequel movie to Brotherhood. Mm-hmm. Um but if, if I could pick one anime to get like thirteen more episodes of, it would it would be Because I, I I miss Ed a lot. I love Ed so much. What a good he's a, a great protagonist. He's 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 funny, he's a badass, he's he he's matures great. like Yeah. Like you look at Ed at the beginning, and his much his maturity emotionally is also reflected in how tall he gets, because yep. at the beginning of the series he's like maybe five feet tall. You mm-hmm. know he's he's short he's visibly shorter than Winry, and then when he a lot has happened and he's gotten separated from Al, and just a lot of things have happened since the last time he saw Winry, the next time he sees her, he's taller than her. And neither, yeah. of the, and he doesn't notice it. And as Al, as Ed grows up and learns that it's not just him and Al, that in a way, the whole world is dependent on this and he can't just focus on the Philosopher's Stone and getting their bodies mm-hmm. back. As he grows as a person he gets he gets taller yeah, you're true i never noticed that uh the first uh at all but because I, I just um treat it as okay a lot of time has passed clearly uh, they don't really let you know that but and when you think I took about that it as, as... uh not that much time passes in the show it's maybe a year yeah I, I always assume it's like a year, year and a half, but a year sounds about right. Yeah, it's like um, something else I was talking about recently. I might as well get into it. Avatar: The Last Airbender. That whole show takes place over the course of one calendar year. Yep. They find Aang towards the end of the fall, and they beat the Fire Lord by the end of the summer. Um, so Aang is just like, you didn't tell me Aang mastered all four, all the elements in one year. Yeah, less than that. Jesus like, like 10 months, but he was taught by masters. That's Tara, true. He was. Tara is a waterbending prodigy, and I remember someone saying that, like, I remember seeing a th- theory that Katara was actually supposed to be the next Avatar, and that's why she's so good at waterbending, but because Aang, because the next in the cycle was a waterbender. And I believe it. It was supposed to be Katara, but because Aang didn't die, it never, it didn't pass on. Never, right? That makes sense. Um, but the reason I was talking about uh, Avatar this week is because I went back, or I didn't go back. I just went and read the first issue of uh, the Legend of Korra comic, uh, which is very good, just like the um the last airbender continuation comics it's called uh, the legend of korra turf wars and the first issue mm-hmm. is primarily just korra and asami just hanging out being girlfriends in the spirit world and like you would think that that would get like old but it's just it's so good it's very like wholesome yeah 
and they have this really interesting conversation. Did you ever finish uh, Korra? I didn't. I I watched the first season, and I wasn't a big fan. And told myself that I was going to go back and watch the season and almost, but I just didn't. So I'm probably going to just because I heard that it does get a lot better going forward. Like season one is solid, but season two, they kind of lose their footing and don't know what they're doing a little bit where it's like it goes in a weird direction. It ends in a big dumb kaiju fight. Oh, yeah, (laughs) that's that's oh, yeah, and uh. But season three, season three and season four are very good. Like, Henry Rollins plays the villain in season three. No, what? <laughs> yeah! What? That's Henry, amazing. Henry Rollins voices the villain in season three. and That's awesome. Because at the end of season two, beginning of season three, airbenders are just back now. Like, people, huh. random people are just becoming airbenders. And Henry Rollins is one of these people. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, yeah, because like with Korra, the first season I watched it, and I just didn't. I felt like Korra as a character. I don't want to say they kind of Mary her, but they kind of Mary her. Like not they in wanted the to make her. Like, it's kind of like they wanted to make her reverse Ang, where like Ang is like this like. He's all loving hero. He's yeah the pacifist. He's just this bu- this like this big ball of energy where he's just happy mm-hmm. to be here all the time. And Korra is very like hard nosed. Like it is. Yeah. Ang is Ricky Steamboat, and Korra is Steve Austin. Yeah. <laughs> That, that's like, a good comparison. She's constantly like threatening people and talking mad trash. Um and like I but I can see why you would get that vibe from her, especially in season one. Yeah. Yeah, because like I, I just felt like as a character, I just felt like she just got away with a lot with little to no consequence. She loses her fucking powers, but she gets them back, no consequence. She she pretty much dates old boy behind old girl's back and doesn't really suffer any consequences. And I I just couldn't I just didn't vibe with it. But I think enough time has passed to where I can watch that season again and, and like it more. I just need to like tell myself, hey, we're gonna do this and actually watch. Well, yeah, because that season one was five years ago. Yeah, it was a while ago. Uh, and I remember being hyped for it, and I watched it. And I was like, hmm, not feeling it, but I watched it too, and I just didn't like it. And I, I will say, I like a lot of the other characters in that more than I like Korra herself. Where like, yeah, I like Korra. I think she's, I think she's a, a decent character. Um, but I think that like, I like Asami way more than I like Korra. I like. I've Bo- heard that from many people before. I like Bolin the most out of all of them, uh, because yeah. he's the most he's the most interesting member of the group. Even in season three, when he's doing this weird movie star gimmick, like he is, his stories are the, what whatever's going on with Bolin is consistently the most interesting thing that's going on. 
Uh, and then later he starts dating Toph's granddaughter, which is radical. What? Oh, no, not Toph's granddaughter. Um, is it Toph? I can't remember. <laughs> I actually can't remember. It's somebody from the the original cast's uh, grand granddaughter. Her name is Opal. No. Yeah, I, I know it's on Hulu. I'll I'll um I'll jump on that and watch it at some point. Cause uh, I do I know that they're not very long seasons. So thirteen episodes. Like the seasons are like thirteen episodes. Yeah, uh, like they're short. They're shorter seasons. I remember I watched seasons like two and three in a couple days. Oh uh, yeah, it's Toph's granddaughter. Oh okay, yeah. Toph's granddaughter, who is yeah. an Airbender. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> it's an air. It's an Airbending bargain sale. Everyone, everything. Must uh, go. yeah. So like. Like I'm trying to remember all the characters, all the characters that randomly become Earthbenders. So like, uh, Toph's <laughs> granddaughter, Ang's middle son. Oh wow! Yeah, because he was he was uh, he was a non-bender who always looked suspiciously like Sokka. Like, like Katara's dad had strong genes. Cause like there's yeah. a, there's a picture of um of Ang and Katara's uh middle son. And he looks just like his uncle. <laughs> like, like, woof. Um, one yeah, other thing I did is, yeah, uh, one other thing I did, uh, I kind of want to wait until Dan is back to really talk about it, because it's his, mm-hmm. it's his thing. Uh, I sort of, I got back into Nier Automata. Oh, okay. It's, okay, he so. He does love, the, he loves those robots. He does love those robots, man. Um. So just to keep it short on Nier, um, one thing that really jumped out at me about that game is that I expect, like, partially because I never played the first Nier, um, and I just really paid attention to, hey, this is a, pl- Platinum is making this game. <laughs> this is a Platinum game. And I expected, when I got it, I kind of, for some reason, expected the levels to move like a Platinum game, where, like, yeah. Like Bayonetta and Revengeance and um, and even Transformers, they all move at a certain rate where, like, you play the level and then you move to the next level. And then you play that level and you move to the next one. And Nier is, like, this in-between of character action and JRPG. Where... Yeah, I, I watched uh, someone put out the first three or four hours... Man, I, I need to get this, but I I kind of want to watch a good playthrough of Near first. Like I know I don't need to, um, but uh, the, I, I the still super want best friends to. have one. Yeah, I'm sure okay. we'll watch that. Yeah, and it's I think it's Pat and Liam are on that one. I have to do that then, just because um, but I, preferably one where they don't talk a lot during like the recording bit, mm-hmm. and. Matt and Pat, the chatty Cappy. Yeah, and they, I, I love them, but they love, I love that they start LPs that are going to be story heavy, and they go, all right, we're, we're going to try and shut up during the important bits, and then immediately talk during them. Yeah, exactly. And they call themselves but, um... on it, which is always fun. <laughs> They're always like, I like that we, we did it again, because we're us. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll go on to that at some point. 
but yeah, near very good game. I can I can see why Dan loves it as much as he does, and I'm yeah. still only like four hours in, so. Like once uh once I'm, I'm free from Destiny, I'll I'll get around to. It. I mean, I need to finish Hellblade. Um, even though I played like first three and a half hours, four hours of Hellblade, and I love it. I I do love it, but I I just I knew that once Destiny came out, I was gonna be like into that and that pretty much. Um, also bought Doom, and I've been playing Doom, and I love it a lot, obviously. And the Wolfenstein drops next month. Uh, it drops it, it, on it, October 27th, and that's right gonna... before my birthday. That's gonna be hype. Oh man, that's, that's gonna be dope. I, I'm talking myself out of buying B. Out of buying what? BJ's jacket. Oh, dude, I forgot like, about I, it. And it's somehow better to... than his jacket from the first game, which rules. I know, which was the hypest jacket of all time. He has now built, like, the fucking, the, the fucking Street Fighter 2 Turbo jacket right, in like, Wolfenstein 2. And, like, his jacket in the first game, I had to talk myself out of, out of finding a way to buy that. Because, like, and I think the reason I was able to talk myself out of it was, like, hey, you live in a desert, idiot. <laughs> yeah, don't, just, don't buy that. But yeah, now I, I, can't I live wait. somewhere where there's winter, so like, ain't. yeah, I can't wait to just, just brutalize Nazis, man. I can't wait for Wolfenstein and, Three, where you play as BJ and Anya's kids. Yeah, to just brutalize more Nazis. Um, good, good stuff. What one other thing, and I, I, I touched on it last week. Uh, I talked about it a little bit. Um, I, I. Staying uh, current on uh, gamers, which is it. It is an anime. Uh, I don't know if you know anything about it, uh, Manny. It gamers. Is, yeah. So I found out today it is. It has been at the top of Crunchyroll's like most popular since it came out, and it's like it's like fourth in like it's top five most popular behind like. Naruto, One Piece, Dragon Ball Super, and right ahead of My Hero Academia. What what is it exactly? So it is it is a rom com, <laughs> like straight up. It is a rom com about people that like video games, and huh. it is more accurately described as a series of hilarious misunderstandings because no one says exactly what they mean. They say things. My, my kind of rom com. They, they say things, and they're just vague enough where they don't intentionally leave it leave it vague, but they'll leave a couple of important words out on accident. Right. So it just leads to like, like characters constantly being confused about other things. Where like, like the main guy likes this girl or whatever. And his best friend is dating this other girl, and his he has been hanging out with his best friend's girlfriend a lot because that said girlfriend thinks that his best friend thinks that her boyfriend, his friend, is cheating on her with this girl from the from the the main character's love interest's class, 
and in reality, they just happen to be standing next to each other or standing in some position that seems compromising. So, like, there's a shot where he's got her got his hands on her shoulders, and he's looking over her shoulder because he's trying to look at her phone because she's playing a game on it, and he's like, I've seen that before. So he's trying to, like, like go like, hey, I know that. That's that game that, uh, that Amano's always playing. And they happen to look out the window and see them and think it's something that it's not. And so it leads to, like, hijinks. And nobody in – they're all too awkward to just talk about it. And none of them trust each other enough to talk about it. And it's okay, weird no. because – um... Like, I'm nine episodes into it. And it's – it manages to, not, to, like, not get stale. But it runs into one very big problem. It's a problem for me. Um, I don't know if it's a problem for other people, but it takes me like an hour to get through these episodes because I keep having to like pause it and like recenter myself because it gets too like uncomfortable. <laughs> oh wow! Where it's like, oh my god, this is so awkward. Like that happens to me sometimes. Like something, I get really big. Um, bouts of secondhand embarrassment. Yeah. So it's like, if I know that someone's gonna do something embarrassing, I have to like, like dissociate for a while and like come back to it to like endure it. Like even though it's not me, I feel like I'm the one who's getting scorned by people for some shit that I did, and I need to really like prepare myself for. So I I do it sometimes. Um, but it's really good. Like it's it's I keep coming back to it, which says something. Like it's 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 doing stuff right. Um, yeah. And like I, I'll check it, it out. It remains funny. So, um, and the the last thing I did, I uh, since so we were talking about Runaways earlier, Runaways came back this mm-hmm. month. Yeah, yeah. Well, my friend Bobby, um. Actually, I think he sent me a digital code for the first issue of it. Yeah, I, I, I didn't run away. Yeah, I, I, I went out. I bought issue one, uh, Runaways, written by uh, Rainbow Roll and written and drawn by Chris Anka. Chris Anka draws my favorite version of Nico ever. Nico looks great the whole book, and the majority of it, she is sitting on the floor, like, <laughs> like. And it, I, I like how he looks in, in the show too. Yeah, I think everybody in the show looks great. Like Chase looks like the biggest dickhead. Like, yeah, Chase looks it. like Chase. <laughs> Chase looks like, like Chase a scumbag. Looks like, he looks like a piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> he looks like like, like they because the the it, most interesting thing about Runaways to me is that you can boil those characters down. Like you can boil them down really hard to like a very specific type of character that they are drawn from and then they yeah. are built upon that mold so like chase is the jock gert mm-hmm. is the nerd uh alex is the brain molly is the kid uh carol uh, carolina is the 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 cheerleader type yep and nico is the goth like they can be summed up in like high school movie tropes. Yeah, like like just just watch the Breakfast Club and you, you'll see the runaways. Yeah, in like in, in various characters. And the 
like it's like that's what they put in the casting call because Chase looks like he lo- he looks like someone that they are, like might have tapped originally to play Flash Thompson. Yep, I believe it. Like he he looks like the biggest meathead. Um, but in in the comic, he looks in you know in the the new one, he looks like he looks like someone who has been through the things Chase has been through. Yeah. Oh man, Chase does go through capital sum capital shit. <laughs> he goes through the worst, and yeah, Chase deals with it. And that's exactly what Runaways number one is. It is Chase dealing with it, uh, because yeah. he, you know Runaways got canceled. Uh, what six years ago? The last mm-hmm. volume got the last volume just stopped. During a huge cliffhanger that involved Chase trying to bring his dead girlfriend back to life. Um, and this issue opens with Nico sitting on the floor of her apartment just thinking about, like, how much stuff she – how she's just alone now. Where, you know, A-Force got canceled. That team disbanded. You know, she's not running yeah. around with She-Hulk and Medusa anymore. And the runaways are all scattered. Um and then Chase just appears in her living room and is like, hey, so here's Gert. <laughs> <laughs> like, what up? Like, and it just goes from there. It's like, here's Gert from the moment before she died. Please fix this. <laughs> and that's the whole <laughs> book. That's the entirety of issue one is Nico and Chase trying to, like, how do we fix that? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I need, to, I need to read it. And it's it's fantastic. And like, I'm just glad. I'm just glad that someone like fought hard enough to get Runaways back. Yeah. Like on the one hand, I wish Brian K. Vaughn was still writing it because yeah, of it's course. his baby. Um. Yeah. But the new team is very good, and I'm excited. To I, see I love how it looks. Like, like the art style is really good. Yeah, Chris Hawk is great. One of the best, yep, one like, of the best in the game right now. Yeah, I remember um on Twitter, uh, they posted like just like you know pictures of, of them, and as soon as I saw her chase, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, she she has the juice, and Nico looks amazing. Nico looks great. Yeah, she looks dope as shit. <laughs> I started audibly sweating the first time I saw Nico. Like, like, I, I just, I look at Nico and I, I just, I, I, I picture fucking Tikami. You picture who? Um, uh, Hot Dot from Persona Five. Yeah. Yeah, like I look the first time I saw it, I was like, man, wow, that, is that Tikami? But like, nope, that's Nico. Like, that Nico, and I just like knows me. <laughs> um, yeah, that's. Other than, you know, continuing back through Persona for the animation, because I started doing mm-hmm. that, um, which has, uh, like, because I, I know you've never played P4. We talked about that in that Lost episode, which might go up at some uh-huh. point. I'll talk to Trask about it. Dun-dun. Dun-dun. Yep. Um, I'm, so I'm up to, like, episode 14, and my biggest thought right now is, like, how good is Johnny Bosch that he is voicing two characters in a scene with each other and neither and they don't sound remotely alike? 
because he voices you and he voices Adachi. And there's a scene where they are at uh, Dojima's house, and you is talking, and Do- and Dojima and um and Adachi both respond, and then you talks again, and it doesn't sound like Johnny Bosch doing two voices. And if I didn't already know it was Johnny Bosch doing both voices, I wouldn't. Uh, just like Kanji's voice actor changes after like twelve episodes. And it goes from being Troy Baker to Matt Mercer. Damn, what a switch. Yeah, Matt Mercer just takes over as Kanji. And, like, if I hadn't, like, like I just no- noticed, like, one thing about it. I was like, man, that Troy Baker is really Troy Baker in it up. And then, like, something yeah, in like... the next episode, I was like, he sounds, he sounds kind of different. This, like, like, not way different, but, like, just enough where I'm like, is that Troy Baker? And I was like, nope, Matt Mercer. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Matt Mercer, a.k.a. just great value Troy Baker. Ah, uh, Matt's nice. <laughs> I, I, mean, I love Matt, but like, whenever I... The first time I heard McCree, I thought it was Troy Baker. Yeah, that's fair. But uh, both great. He, yeah. But, you know, it's Persona 4. It's It's nothing new. It's just... The best adaptation of a video game into a televi- into like a televised format, I think, ever. Where like I wish more companies were willing to do that with their with their their product. And maybe it's because like Atlas has a relationship with A one, with A one Pictures, and A one Pictures is the shit. And you can always call on them to do to do the deal. But yeah. like, you know, and they've got them on P5. Uh, but I, I would love for, uh, for like another game to just give it a shot. Yeah, I, cause I, uh, I have seen the Persona Four um, the animation. Yeah. Uh, it's very good, and if for whatever reason you can't play Persona Four. The animation is a, is, a, is a good like, like primer of what it is. And if you have like, played you it, it's a good supplement because you get to see how the, those things would work out realistically. So like, the yeah. episode I just got past, you maxed out four S links in two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Because he's doing like four, he's like hanging out with four different people in a day. Like he's hanging out with that nurse. He's hanging out with the with the widow. He's tutoring that kid. He's helping at the daycare, and that takes up like two weeks of his life. That takes up his whole summer break. Yeah. Um, but that's it, it, it's, it's real good, and I I agree more. More games, more long form, should consider really doing that because I I never watched the Persona Three stuff. I've heard mixed things about them. They're okay. Fill up some three films or whatever. Now I know it's a, Persona Five is getting an anime, isn't it? I know it has a manga right now. Persona Five is in fact getting an anime. Uh, I think it's out next year. Um, also, okay, I don't know if you know this. I'm about interested the, to see how that goes. I don't know if you know this about the manga, or if, I think I might have told you on it. You know that um, that they confirm in the in the manga that it's Makoto. Really? Yeah. 
in, so, in the so manga, like she's, she's, she's canon's best girl? Canon best girl is Makoto, yeah. Canon best girl. That's that's the shit I like to hear. Um, And uh, I think I meant to cut, co- me and Dan meant to cover it. Um, I don't know, I don't remember if we did. But a few weeks ago, a story came out of like, people saw the prototype of P5. And it's very interesting to see how different that game would have been. Because in the original prototype of P5, you're uh, you're not living with you're not living in the coffee shop. You are living in a high-rise apartment in Tokyo with the prosecutor. You live with Sai. You live with Sai. What? Oh no. <laughs> yeah. In oh the, man. In the original prototype of the game, you're living with Sai. Or it's it's safe to assume it's Sai because it's supposed to it's like right yeah female prosecutor. When I, like when I hear yeah when I hear the prosecutor I assume it's Sai. But, but there's a the, the model they used in the prototype because people have seen it. Uh, the model they use in the prototype is not Sai. Uh, oh. It is uh it is K Catherine from Catherine. Of course. <laughs> no, of course. Like Akira already looks like like Vincent. Yep, and um, and they even kind of reference it in that in the Catherine DLC. Um, oh, with their outfits. Yeah, the Catherine DLC. Uh, Makoto is is K Catherine. Oh, oh, and Anne is C Catherine. Oh no! <laughs> my my whole soul would like just like jump out of my body. That oh man, I, I knew they were adding it, but I just I haven't gone back to look. But I, the only costumes I had were P three and P four ones. I and I always bought the P four ones because because um, Izanagi looks dope. Okay, so I that wasn't what made me think about buying them. It was um, it was specifically when I saw the uh, when I saw that if you pick those costumes, it changes the battle music. Yeah, it does. I, I ran around most of the game uh, with the P3. Um, I, I love the P3 battle music so much. It's just, it's just like janky. It like, kicks in so hard, it's too. so good. Where you, like, s- you start like a fight. The beat drops immediately. Baby, baby, so baby, 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 baby. <laughs> like, yeah, like, it's like, oh, it's this, so good. this is happening now. Mm-hmm. Like it is about to go down. I love it. Um, yeah, that's basically me. Uh, so let's get into some news because we've been running for like an hour, <laughs> an hour plus. Oh god, yeah, we went on a tan. This is what happens when. when... Yeah, hey, guess what? It would have been worse if Dan was here. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a Sparta man ass tangent. Um, so right off the bat. Uh, the thing you were most interested in getting into. Oh, man. Avatar, the Avatar sequels started production this week uh, with a... Are, so they ha- there are four sequels in the works. Two through Avatar 2, 3, 4, and 5. And those sequels have a budget of $1 billion. $1 billion? A billion, Avatar, a billion dollar budget. Those words should not be in the same sentence. 
but that's the universe we live in. I I can't like I I I understand that Avatar exists. I've seen Avatar. I know it's made a lot of money, but for the life of me, I couldn't tell you a single thing about that goddamn movie. Uh, Sam Worthington is in it. <laughs> they look for something called Unobtainium. Unobtainium on a planet called Pandora. Yeah, and I, I, I remember it being a big deal to see Avatar. So I went and saw it, and I was like, "All right, I've seen Fern Gully." <laughs> See, because mine wasn't Fern Gully. Mine was Poke. When I watched, I was like, "This is Pocahontas." Yeah, well, I've seen fucking Fern Gully. Right? I need to see it again. And then it was over, and I just like forgot. It. Like yeah. I remember, like it was the talk of the town for like a week, and then since then, nobody talks about Avatar. At, it's like, like a blur and like money talk about highest grossing, but no one's fucking. No one talks about Avatar. It is not. It left no real footprint on pop culture the biggest at all. the biggest effect i think it had was it kind of spawned spawned the resurgence of everyone going put your movie in 3d yeah like and i, I was this i remember avatar looking really good it is visually it, it is a visual masterpiece mm-hmm. but as far as writing and directing it is nothing special yeah, like it's just so run of the mill. And it's super weird considering James Cameron also directed Terminator 2 and Aliens, two of the best sci fi exactly. movies ever. And like, I just coughed my entire ass off. Holy shit. Um, I'll do it again. Well, man, he coughs. Man, I am just dying. Um, this this is James Cameron uh, cursing me for dissing Avatar. Yeah, basically. Um, but yeah, it's like honestly, like aside from money talk, like because yes, Avatar raked in money, but yeah, it's just not a movie that made any. It, it's like going to high school and like the most popular kid in the entire school is friends with you. And then you graduate. And like the day you graduate, you forget all about them. You understand <laughs> who they are, who, who they were, what they did. You understand that you spent time with this person. But the second that obligation to see them ends, like a brain wipe. Like, there was a period of time where I forgot Avatar was a movie. I forgot it existed completely until someone brought it up. And, and they only brought it up because we were talking about, we were talking about Louis Sultan. Oh, God, Louis uh, Sultan like, is in Avatar. Right? Exactly. Oh, yeah. my God. You you cast Zoe yes. Saldana in a movie and then waste her on being a... Being... A, a random blue cat lady. Yes, and I, I was we were talking about Zoe Saldana, and I was like, man, I, was like, I don't remember the first movie I saw her in. My friend was, oh, she was an Avatar, and I legit went, what? 
like not like she, not that type. What are you talking about? She's like Avatar, and I just like went blank, and then like memories came. Like you know how in in Fullmetal Alchemist when Greed remembers his past life, that was me. <laughs> just like completely shocked that this actually happened. I was like, oh man, that was a movie. She is in that. Fuck, you know who else is in Avatar? Sigourney Weaver. Fuck. Oh, yeah. Dude, you know what the first movie I saw Sigourney Weaver in was? It was Holes. She is in Holes. She rules in Holes, dude. She's great. Yeah, Holes is a great movie in general. Holes? Okay, um, Sigourney Weaver in Holes, like... I saw that at a at a time in my at a very formative time in my life, and I realize now it had a much greater effect on me than I thought it did prior to. Listen, <laughs> you tell no lies. Uh, I, the first time I saw some movie was Aliens. I, I watched Aliens before I saw Alien. I think I also so, watched Aliens before I watched Alien. Yeah, I watched Aliens first, and. Gertie Weaver is just like if you like if you want to see like a woman, watch Sigourney Weaver and Alien. God damn, that is capital A capital W woman. <laughs> like full stop. Like I mean, not to bring this to a place, but Sigourney Weaver, the fucking white tank top, black underwear. Holy damn! Just, <laughs> getting in a power loader. Yeah, just fucking man. That, that is a special sight. I tell you what. But yeah, dude, she's a fucking avatar. Like they're like like you said, Sam Worthington, Avatar. Fucking um, Zoe Saldana. Stephen Lang is in that movie. Michelle Rodriguez is an avatar. What the hell? Giovanni Ripsy is an avatar. Like, that, like, there are people in that movie that I just forgot about. Like, completely. Because that movie did nothing. It came out and then it was gone. Yeah. Okay, like, I'm, looking, I'm looking at the cast of it right now. Yeah, so am I. I'm going to run through. Okay, we got Zoe Saldana, Sigourney Weaver, Sam Worthington. Stephen Lang, Rachel Rodriguez, Joel David Moore, Giovanni Ribsy, like a cast of like good, like CCH Pounder is in this movie. And he plays a character named Moat. <laughs> yeah, like she's just a blue person. Like you have to take these, these really prominent actors and character actors in a movie that nobody fucking remembers. And that movie is long as fuck. This movie's almost three hours long. And Oh, and guess what? She's back for the sequels. CCH Pounder is. but Of course she is. She's listed she as only being in Avatar 2 and Avatar 5. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what? Like, I, can't, I can't even imagine what they could do with with that property to, to warrant that many sequels. Like, all right, granted, James Cameron is a phenomenal filmmaker. He has pretty terrible opinions about Wonder Woman, but we won't get into that. 
but it's just this is the biggest case of someone having fuck you money <laughs> I've ever seen. You've got a budget of a billion knows, dollars to film four movies back knows. to back. And knows the fuck up thing is he knows he's gonna make that money back. He knows it. He knows he is. He knows. He knows no one gives a shit about Avatar. He well, knows, he knows no that people people are gonna be curious enough to go. Yeah, because the second I, he said, it, "Oh, we're gonna give four Avatar sequels," I was like, "A, what? B, dot dot dot. Fuck, I'm probably gonna see all of them because it works. Like that's how shit works. I have curious." And hate watched many a movie. What was the last movie you hate watched? Oh god, the last movie I hate watched. It was a movie called Landmine Goes Click. <laughs> and it is a god awful movie that defies logic and reason. I- I'm gonna fucking talk about it right now. Alright. The three guys, two guys and a girl. They're hiking. Two of them are getting married. The girl uh, is marrying, you know, the guy, and his best friend's there. And she and the best friend apparently slept together at one point. Um, so they're out hiking, they're camping or whatever, and uh, the best friend's walking, walking around. Shit, and he steps on a landmine. And you learn that his friend, uh, they're all like, they're all freaking out. They're freaking the fuck out. Oh man, I stepped in this landmine. Oh my god, I'm gonna, if I step I'm gonna die. Yada, yada. And the friend goes, Gotcha, bitch. That's not a real landmine. I tricked you because I learned that you slept with my girlfriend. So fuck you. I'm out of here. That sounds but like that action. sounds like the plot of Until Dawn. <laughs> and that's not even the whole movie. What? How is there a that's plot like after the, that? That's the first thirty minutes what? of the movie. <laughs> yeah, it gets it gets worse and dumber. Like there's some guy who shows up because they learn that. Because they're like, oh, it's a dud landmine. But they're like, oh, no, shit, it's, it's an actual landmine. So he's still stuck on it. And some random dude shows up. And they're like, hey, can you help us out here with this? And the guy is a fucking psychopath. And he goes, no, I'm not. But I'm going to fuck with this girl in front of you. Because you can't do shit about it. Because I'm an asshole. That's... Wow. And then um, the girl ends up dying. He gets off the landmine, and there's more movies. Because he, he finds the guy who tortures him, and he kills him and his family. <laughs> what? Landmines go click on Amazon. If anyone is looking for a movie to just like hate, watch that movie. That movie is nonsensical. It's, it's one of the, the most random movies I have ever seen. And it's God, it is god awful. But man, like that is that is a movie of someone going, you know what? This is a good idea. And no one told him that it wasn't and they made it. 
it is unreal. I would I would say Passengers was a hate watch, but that movie isn't terrible. It's just kind of creepy. Uh, my favorite review of a movie that you did was uh was Let's Be Cops. Oh, I have suffered. Yeah, I did. <laughs> it is a three-word is... review. It just says, "I have suffered." That movie had no right being, but it. it... Damon Wayans Jr. is in that movie. He's a funny person. Yeah, you got you got, you got Damon Wayans. John Lajoie is in that movie, and that movie is just ridiculously bad. Like it is offensively terrible. Like it's not that funny, and it's it's just like. I had more fun watching um, Central Intelligence than watching Let's Be Cop. And Central Intelligence is like, man, that movie is like made in a lab to be like every PG-13 buddy comedy Absolutely. that's been coming that's all, out. That's all profile. Kevin Hart movies. Did you? Uh, yeah, I saw. Much. I remember I saw, um, I almost said Training Day, <laughs> uh, Ride Along, which is just a movie that's like, they watched Training Day and went, let's just make, <laughs> let's just make a movie that is, like, full, packed with references to Training Day. Like, there's a bit in that movie where Kevin Hart starts quoting Denzel in Training Day. Jeez. Like, oh, man. But, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's not good. Remember channel Dan here. <clears throat> It's, uh, it's not good. Not a good movie. <laughs> not good at all. It's uh, not good. Speaking of movies and not good, DC says it's downplaying its cinematic universes. Downplaying? Like, downplaying. Uh, so, what does that mean? So, quote from Diane Nelson. She told, uh, told this to Vulture. After Justice League... Uh, quote, our intention, certainly moving forward, is using the, co- the continuity to help make sure nothing is diverging in a way that doesn't make sense. But there's no insistence upon an overall uh, storyline or interconnectivity in that universe. Uh, and Jeff Johns has said, uh, some of the movies do connect the characters together like Justice League. But like with Aquaman, our goal is not to connect Aquaman to every movie. Uh so that is to say, like, because because uh, Man of Steel and Batman v Superman uh, were both like, hey, this is going to tie into this movie later. Mm-hmm. Uh, Suicide Squad also is like based on the events of, you know, the other two movies happening and, and right. it's teasing Justice League. But like post Wonder Woman, they're like, hey. You know, it's you know what really helped that movie? It not being tied to a bunch of other stuff. Uh, and, and yeah, part, part of it is they tried to rush into the thing that Marvel did. Uh, and Marvel, the MCU happened almost organically, where like yeah, Iron Man came out and it's like okay, that's cool. Hulk, um, Hulk with uh, with Edward Norton came out. Cool. Thor came yep. out. Captain America came out. And those are all movies that are completely that exist in a in a vacuum almost. Where the only thing yeah. that connects them is Nick Fury. And they're movies that can be watched on their own without any prior knowledge of the other three. But then yeah. 
Avengers 1 happens, and then everything is connected to Avengers 1, but they're not connected to each other. Yeah. Like, I... I've always, like, um... Felt kind of burned by that, because, you know, after... Avengers comes out when they're they they are all um like they 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 form this team or whatever like um I always felt like with the exception of Thor it really makes no sense I, it makes no sense that Bruce Banner is in Iron Man too. There's no there's no sense in him like, being at the end of Iron Man three. Well, uh, yeah, I'm saying like, like he should have been in Iron Man. Like he leaves with Tony at the end of Avengers. Like he should be there. I like, don't explain where Banner is at all in Iron Man. Like, and and that's the the problem I have with connected universes. Like, um, granted, I'm a big critic of DC, the DC uh, cinematic universe. I should specify, but I think that's a good move on their part to make. I think it's a really smart move to to not um, force like a web between every single movie. Right, they don't like, all have MC- to be connected. Yeah, like the MCU as a whole is it's fine, it's great. I but my favorite movies are the ones that, like you said, they exist in a vacuum. The the only movies that really do connectively well are the Cap sequels. Winter Soldier, you got um, Cap running around with um, Nick Fury, Falcon, and Black Widow. Civil War, basically a fucking Avengers movie. And it might as well be Avengers 2.5. Um, you have Ant-Man. Is this in a vacuum? Guardians of the Galaxy in a vacuum. Um, but I think with MCU, they're so adamant about it being connected that I think they forget about that a lot with some of their sequels. Iron Man 2, for instance, again, makes no sense why why at least Bruce Banner isn't there because he leaves with Tony at the end of Avengers. So that's that's weird. Um, Iron Man 3 is better retroactively because of Civil War. Just because they they mentioned the events of um post Iron Man 3, because Iron Man 3, he's like, oh, I'm done with Iron Man. Then he's in Avengers 2 with no explanation of, of why. But why he's back. That. Yeah, but they explained that in Civil War. Like, he was done. They learned about Loki, so he came back to help them stay doing it. And that's how, that, that's why he and um, Pepper ended up breaking up, because she didn't want him to do it. He was doing he it anyway, it. and they broke up. So, so, so that that so that and that's fine, but then you get to, um, like a Guardians two moment, where Guardians two takes place for Civil War. It's in what it's it it takes place. I think maybe before Avengers two. It takes place in. It takes place a few weeks after Guardians one, because they wanted to do the whole Baby Groot deal. Yeah. So it's just like and, and granted, yes. They're not on Earth. They're not involved. They're in with, space. That, time time flows differently. It's fine. Yeah, but it, it's still a sense of like, what, like I don't know. I, I feel like Marvel kind of shoots themselves in the foot 
with that because like either they want to be connected or they don't. Like 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 Homecoming is connected great. The characters who who are supposed to be there are there. Right. Like, it makes perfect sense for Tony to be there. I I, I read someone in one review. They mentioned, um, I think it's really, really um, dumb to not have Steve Rogers in this movie. Like, he's on the run. Did you not watch the war? He <laughs> basically formed Secret end- Avengers. Yeah, he basically formed the Secret Avengers. He's, he's legit running from the government. He's a fugitive. He's not going to pop up to help Peter pick out a tie for homecoming. That's not how it works. Right, like, like, like Hawkeye... Like who, who's in jail at the end of Civil War? Hawkeye, All right, uh, Hawkeye, Falcon, Ant Man, Wanda, in in like prison. Yeah, they are they are on the raft, in the middle of nowhere, and Cap breaks them out, and you know, and like the accords are are, are in play. Like that's apparent. Like the accords are in play for sure, and um. So cat's on the run. But there's no reason like, for for Peter to not run into say Luke. Yeah. Like not even like in a big way. Just like have him be like 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 bump into Matt on the street by not paying attention. Or like, like Aunt May like is that. trying to Aunt May has like legal issues with something and she's talking to Foggy. Like Yeah, like little things like that. Like I I feel like Marvel forgets that they are the ones who are trying to to, to web these movies together in that little they, ways. That they started it's, the tr- they started the trend. Yeah, like they yeah, like they are like I feel like in like ten years Marvel Studios is going to be like they, they reinvented what a blockbuster is. Yep. Like, like as soon as Iron Man came out and did well critically and financially, like the, the game changed. Blockbusters have not been the same since Iron Man came out. If you think and about it, that that has affected DC DC's mindset. Just to tie it back, uh, DC WB their whole mindset has changed post, you know, post the MCU becoming a thing, because yep. like. You look at prior to prior to to summer of 2012, and they had a very cool like like this these movies are these movies they are connected to themselves and nothing else. So Batman Batman Begins, uh, The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight Rises are connected to themselves. All of DC's animated stuff is connected to itself, but nothing else. Uh, right. Superman Returns is its own thing that is kind of vaguely connected to the old Superman movies, but you don't need to know about them in order for them to make right. sense. But yep. they weren't connected to each other, and I think they're kind of they're that's what their uh, plan is now to just get back to doing things that are connected to themselves, but not necessarily anything else. And I hope that goes well for them. I do too because I would really like to have like a out and out solid DC movie. Like, I like Wonder Woman. I did. It is not a bad movie by any stretch. Is it ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes good? Not remotely. But 
I know why it's at that score. I'm sure you know why it's at that score. So that's not a can of worms that I'm going to open. Right. But I feel like DC has, there's been like, like a trend of like fundamental flaws. First, I think Zack Snyder had that shit. Right. Zack Snyder is Zack Snyder has an is eye a, for film. He is a music video director. He directs yeah, everything. Yeah, he is like a visionary. Mm-hmm. He is a visionary for sure. Um, but he his eye for direction is um, skewed towards moments. The, um, a really good breakdown of Batman vs Superman that I like to bring up is by a YouTuber called Nerdwriter. And uh, he does like analysis for movies and pop culture in general. And he has a really good video on Batman vs Superman. And the gist of the video is that Zack Snyder is too fascinated with moments as opposed to crafting scenes for his characters to exist in. Like, all right, like you you know Superman as a character. You right. know the kind of character Superman is. In the scene in Batman versus Superman, where the courthouse blows up, would Superman just be standing there lamenting it or would he be trying to help people? He would try to help people. That's exactly the, the core that's, crux that's of the Superman. crux of Superman as a character, right? In that movie, people blows up and he's just standing there in the fire, looking sad, not lifting rubble off, like just in case people might be alive. He's just standing there. Which is the most non Superman thing you can have Superman do. Like the scene where that that montage of him saving people. There's a there's people on a rooftop. They've drawn the Superman F on the rooftop. A with what? B with what? <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't see no paint can on that roof. Like imagine that. Like, oh man, you see the roof, but you grab the white paint to draw the Superman S perfectly on our shingled roof. And Superman just like he's just hovering over them, like and their like, hands are reaching up to him because Zack Snyder likes yeah, the like, he likes the Superman yeah, as a Christ figure. Yeah, he like Zack Snyder loves him some Jesus allegory. Let me tell you, and like, that whole movie has great moments. It does. Like I don't like BVS that much, but I I I can. There are some great shots in it. I think that, the movie's edited badly. It is. That movie is dark shit. Not grim. Dark. Like, visually dark. Like, they turn the brightness down on that movie to, like, 10. It is hard And it's edited with, like, a chainsaw and Elmer's glue. And and Zack Snyder, like, if... if, if, Like, alright. The opening montage where you see Peter... I'm thinking about Spider-Man again. Um, where you see Bruce, Bruce's parents getting killed, like, every single shot of that montage could exist on its own and just be a great shot in a movie. Um, but Zach, A, he loves montages, 
B, he, he's just, he is obsessed with creating an iconic moment. Because that's, 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 that's what film is. Film is, is a collection of iconic moments. Like Tom Cruise sliding down, sliding around in Risky Business, that's a moment. The first time um, you see the brontosauruses in Jurassic Park, that's a moment. Like he wants that. He wants people in 10 years talking about, oh, Superman walking towards the, the busted up Batmobile with his cape flowing. That's a moment. He wants that so bad that he creates movies that are just that. Well, that's like the less said about Sucker Punch, the better. And uh, we're going to have to move on oh, here in a God. second. Uh, but yeah. the, uh, the less said about Sucker Punch, the better. Sucker Punch, he wanted that to be a mo- uh, you know, a movie of moments, which is why he just straight up steals the train fight from the intro of Final Fantasy Thirteen. Yep. Like, like steals it. Like that is beat for beat the train sequence from the from the opening cutscene of Final Fantasy Thirteen. Yep. It, it's it's a wild and 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 if anyone's listening to this and they're like, oh. Huh, that's right. Just go back and watch 300. 300 is a movie built around the This Is Sparta scene. Yes. I go, like, watch 300 post that scene and then watch. You can you can see Zack Snyder trying to make an iconic and that people and are going to talk about. And he did because... He did. He succeeded wholeheartedly because people still like this is sparta is definitely an iconic scene it is it, is. it, it got turned into a meme almost immediately because it hit that yep. 300 came out right when youtube started to blow up yep and, and he achieved that he's been chasing he's been like Zack snyder has been chasing his next this is sparta moment since that movie came out because he chases it in watchmen Yep. And he kind of gets it in Watchmen because a little it, bit, yeah. Because you're not, I'm not stuck in here with you. You're stuck in here with me. Is yeah, that, that, a that's moment. a great scene. That's a great mm-hmm. scene. Everything to do with Rorschach screaming, like if Rorschach is yelling in a scene, like that yep. was, you can feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but and that and that bleeds into his his DC stuff, and for better and for worse. Because uh, he is a visionary, but he's not a good director. And I think, um, which is why the first non-Snyder movie to come out, well, not, not the first, um, but the first one by an, an actual director, did well. Because Wonder Woman is fun. It's shot well. It's acted well. Has some some CGA problems. Like I, I could have, like, if you would have told me the third act was like written and directed by Zack Snyder, I believe you because it's not great. Um, but I just want my sequel fine. with uh, with Di- with uh, Donna and or Cassie. Yep, same. Patty Jenkins, if you're if you're listening to this, well, well. Um, uh, think about it this way: Patty Jenkins directed an episode of Arrested Development, which is also the first episode uh, with Anne. And is played by Mae mm-hmm. Whitman, who voices yeah. Cassie in Young Justice. So if you listen to this, Jenkins, all I'm saying is, if I don't see Mae Whitman in Wonder Woman 2, uh, you're going to catch these hands. <laughs> you're going to catch them, 
and you're gonna accept it. Um, These hands are, are on sale. Speaking of hands on sale, a new trailer for Yakuza Kiwami 2. Um, that Yakuza has had like a, a huge resurgence. Yeah, everyone's like, I that's the game I I didn't care about until I was like, maybe I should be caring about it. Yeah, because like, look, look at this, look at this thing I'm gonna, playing. I'm sending you right now. Look at that, look at. Okay. <laughs> look at this. Look at that nonsense. Is it in the Discord or? Yeah. In the Discord. Yeah. Okay. Look at, look at Kiryu just throwing that dude off a train. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's 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 content. Like everything about this one image is ridiculous. There's like one guy on the right, just like, like he's just been thrown into the street. <laughs> no, that yeah, guy got thro- he got thrown for the the guy got thrown into him. <laughs> that makes it even better. Like, let's see if that no. Like I'm trying to yeah, trying to I... get the uh, get the gif so you can see it. Okay. There we go. Oh uh, yeah, it's coming up now. There we go. Like, look at this. And this Kiryu's just throwing dudes. Those dudes are dead. Like Kiryu just killed those. Yeah, guys. yeah. They... They're not even like implied dead. Like they, they're thrown off of a moving vehicle, off of two moving vehicles. Right. He like just he just casually steps from one vehicle to the other while it's in motion, while throwing. He literally throws a dude into another dude, two other dudes. Yeah, and look what he does That's to this incredible. poor sap. He, this is this is legitimately. Juggernaut saying he's gonna beat Charles with Charles. Like as if yet. <laughs> beat you <laughs> like, Look at what he does yeah, to this I'm guy beat... on the bar. Yeah, like, oh god. Like Kiryu no, I... is taking no the... prisoners and it's it's awesome. It's in ah, it... that gift, that second gift you showed me, in the last shot where the guy started telling me that guy doesn't look like the Kiryu Tozawa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, like, yeah. He's that's what he's saying. He's he's legit, like popping bottles. And then look at this. Look at this last one. Oh my god. Is he gonna be with this woman? Oh no, she throws him. Oh oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> She's just crushing oh, his no. cubes. <laughs> he's he's like the, the best peers I've ever seen animated. <laughs> he's he's doing a heat. Moves. He's doing tag team moves with the dominatrix. Yeah. Oh god! Coming soon to uh, NXT. These gifts alone, I might have to just buy Yakuza Zero. You should. It's a great game. It is a fantastic that, game. That 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 sets me up for it. I, uh, that's that's good stuff. And Zero is a perfect place to start because Kiwami and Kiwami Two are remakes of Yakuza One and Yakuza Two. Yeah. So the through it, like since you since the Zero did so well, you didn't know it was gonna like oh hey, here are the other ones. You play those now. Alright, bye. Uh speaking of the other ones and play that, uh Manny, I'm gonna send you this link and I want you to read the read just read this gaff topic. Read the the name of it. Uh level five analysis LBX Armored Girls. Drops pretense of dignity. Oh my! <laughs> so. Oh, that's a strong. That's a strong. Uh, first sentence. So, LBX was a children's game 
about building robots targeted at 6 to 11 year olds. Uh, DMM Games and Level 5 have announced Armored Girls, a new simulation RPG based on Little, Level 5's Little Battles, Battlers Experience license planned for release across PC browser this winter in Japan, followed by iOS and Android in spring 2018. The game features oh, countless beautiful girls wearing the parts of, of LBX robots, while mainly centered around five girls, a total of 60 characters are planned to appear. Additionally, there is an armor destruction system in which girls' LBX parts will be destroyed when attacked, exposing their skin. I blame Soul Calibur, personally. You see... <laughs> and here's, a, here's the, the craziest thing about it. You want to know what level 5's like the games they have they the games they are responsible for level five products dark cloud oh, fucking... professor professor layton little battler's experience yokai watch and nino kuni and fantasy life yep wow, we're just all here just doing the most white knight chronicles dragon quest nine <laughs> like drops pretense of dignity is like my new favorite slam I think oh. that's going into the Rubicon that's a good that, that's some good shade that that might be the, the, the name for this episode drop all dignity yeah yeah drops pretense of dignity that's the name of this rogue podcast. galaxy dragon quest 8 Jean d'arc so, so level 5 is like alright we're in the, the the pervert business now that all this is and we're to, in the business of, of being weird as shit and i think they're more of a publisher on this and they're uh and dmm is going to take the lead on development okay, but still, still very strange very yeah, very that, weird that's the weirdest heel turn ever like you go from doing dragon quest to making, exposing ma tiny making, girls yeah making lewd games yeah, yeah, yeah. Making lewd robot games. I wish I wish Dan was here for that. Oh, speaking of robot games, uh, Mega Man Legends Collection Two pro uh, producer, uh, Mega Man Legacy Collection Two producer, uh, my bad, says Capcom has not forgotten about Mega Man. the The exact quote is: "I want to say that Capcom has not forgotten about Rockman. This, and he's referencing the 30th anniversary logo." Because 2017, mm -hmm. 30 years of Mega Man. This right. year is getting, being put to good use. Rockman's 30th anniversary is coming in December. December, please remember that date. I want to believe. I really do. But I've been burned so <laughs> like, I, I, I would love a, a new... Like just, just follow the Sonic Mania route. Just like give it to somebody else, and it, it's weird because it. they kind of did that for the 25th anniversary yeah. uh, with yeah. Mega Man Cross Street Fighter, mm -hmm. or it's uh, it's called Street Fighter Cross Mega Man uh, technically because they didn't want to put Mega Man X in the yeah in the, in the name or anything, but Street Fighter Cross Mega Man, a fan game, uh, a great fan game, I'm on it, a fantastic fan game, uh, completely free too if you're um. If you're if you're interested in that, it's a Mega Man game where you pl 
play where you uh you play through stages that are themed after Street Fighter characters, and you fight Street Fighter characters, and you get their powers. Yes, it is fantastic. Um, it's really good. But yeah, I, I hear here's the thing. Let's say that we we do get a a new Mega Man game in your ideal world. What is the Mega Man game you would get? I know what my answer is. Uh, my, I, answer. my ideal Mega Man but, game, uh, like a brand new one. Uh, yeah, like if preferably they would game. do the Sonic Mania thing and just let a fan, yeah. you know, give it to put it in someone right. else's hands. But also, uh, my ideal situation is they do what they should have done with Ten, where Mega Man Ten. I remember talking to my friend about it when it came out and we played it. Um, it sh- the way that game is set up, it should be the perfect the perfect uh, trade into Meg- the Mega Man X timeline. The perfect thing that ties those together. Where um, the start of that game is Roll gets sick with a virus that makes her go crazy. And then a bunch of other people get it. Uh, or a bunch of other uh, robot masters get it. Gutsman gets it. Bomb, like they all get it. And I remember sitting there and us talking about it, like that's Mavericks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that's that's how Mavericks happen. And unfortunately, that's not the direction the game went in towards the end. Uh, and it just gets solved. But like, I would love like. You don't. You never get to see how it got to X. Yeah, you just kind of like, hey, this happened. Accept it and play this game. And to be fair, that that works for Mega Man X because Mega Man X is the best. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's one of the goat, like one of the greatest games of all time for sure. Uh, like the topic of like the like the, the single greatest ego record video ever made. <laughs> about Mega Man. I can quote that video from memory. <laughs> God, that video is is, is it's amazing. His, it's his opus. Yeah, it is. It, like, I don't think Igor is ever going to get better than that. But me, alright, and this is just because I, I recently watched a playthrough of um, the, 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 the most recent Digimon game. Um... Which one are you talking about? You're talking about uh, Cyber Sleuth. Cyber Sleuth. Cyber Sleuth, uh, Cyber Sleuth is yeah. secretly a, is a secretly a Persona game. Say again. Because uh, I have Cyber Sleuth, and everything yeah. about that game, in terms of like its visual design, it's like this feels like P3. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I, I I I actually stopped watching the LP I was watching. Like, okay, you know what? I want to just buy this and play it. So I, I'm thinking about that. replaying it too recently because, like, I yeah. never finished it, but I think that game yeah, is and, great. Yeah, like, what I saw was really tight. I watched like, the first five hours. Like, okay, you know, I'm going to stop. I'm just going to buy it and play it because this looks really fun. But I really, and after watching that, it made me think this. That, man, I want a Battle Network game. Yeah, Battle Network's great. Like, I would love them to just say, you know what? We're going to give you guys. Actually, you know what would be fucking dope, dude? A Mega Man tactics game. Oh, yeah, and especially because tactical like, RPGs a... are super back now. Like, Yeah, like like like, like a top-down. Like, you can make it 8-bit. Mega like, Man XCOM. Down. Yeah, I, I would play the shit out of that. 
I would love that. Your your party lot, members but... are just other robot masters, so it's like. Mm-hmm. And this is me and... saying this after. Uh, like, did you ever read the Mega Man comic? Yeah, Mega Man was great. Uh, so you remember how after Mega Man one, like the after what would have been Mega Man one in the comic, um, they start um like all the Mega Man one robot masters just start hanging out. Yeah. Like I I want that game. I want. Hey, here's Gutsman, yeah. uh, Fireman, Iceman, just hanging out. Yeah, just start chilling, pretty much. But yeah, but I mean, I, give me a I'm, Mega I'm Man game written written by the Proto Man. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> I, I want to just just that that should be the game. Just like the entirety of um, the Will of One, just. Like, like I want that first the, album. The first level is you play as Proto Man and you get stomped by all eight yeah, robot masters at the same time. Yeah, you, yeah, you get viled like in Mega Man X, like just straight up body. Um, yeah, I play that. I, I would, I would with with all the the music by the Proto Man. Speaking of which, when are we getting? I don't know, man. They, I got the the ah. news. I got there because I'm on their mailing list, right? The, yeah, mm-hmm. the email list, and so yeah. I got one today. And I was like, "Yeah," and it's like, "Oh, we're releasing our Queen cover album on vinyl." And I'm like, "Oh, that's cool, but it's not." Hey, how about you? Because I, I saw them a three. couple months ago. I saw them uh, when yeah. they were in Vegas, and like mm-hmm. they played the the two act two songs that exist already. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they didn't play anything like. I don't know what the deal is with that album. I don't know if it actually exists. I think it's just the one song. <laughs> they probably I, I think they kind of like they're, the anytime they're asked about it yeah. they're like we're working on it it's like are you <laughs> yeah I, like I don't think you are but it's been eight years anyway. it has been too long like I, I still act, act one is still in like deep rotation for me like I don't I don't know a week about playing act one in full See, I don't. Like, I listen to at least one Act Two song a week. Or like, I listen to yeah. I mean, I like Act Two, but like, I can't like sit down and listen to it like start to finish. Um, there but was a I point where to... I could get through it without like actually tearing up at the end. <laughs> it, it it there's some feels involved in Act Two. It, it's act heavy. Two, it's it's heavy. a heavy. Album. Because it's the, because like, like you know that you know that it only ends bad. Yeah, like I, and like every time I listen to it, the, the few times I have listened to it in full, like I get to the point where I'm like I forget that I've listened to it before, and I, I'm expecting a different outcome that just doesn't exist. It's like nope, and, they lose. Yeah. They lose. Yeah, like and this he's is gonna the go build... back. <laughs> and he's gonna go build Proto Man, and they're gonna lose. And then he's gonna build X, and X is gonna say, "Fuck you guys, I'm out." <laughs> and just leaves. Yeah, he just leaves. He's he's just like, just like, like, like he just leaves them to die. Like, like yo, I have to kill my brother. You guys are ungrateful as shit. So you guys, you guys coerced me into killing my brother. Yep. And uh, that's not cool. So you guys are gonna die. Spe- I'm gonna leave. Speaking of dying. Uh, Nintendo to shut down the Wii Shop channel on January 31st, 2019. Rip. I mean, 
that's a that's one. That's uh, a long time. Uh, yeah, that's a long time from now, and that's insanely long for that to last after the we stopped being their. Yeah, like is there anything like worthwhile to buy? Well, the thing is, I think I thought, a lot of the I Wii U. I think a lot of the stuff that ended up on the Wii Virtual Console or on WiiWare ended up on the Wii U anyway. I can't think of any Wii U games. Well, this is the Wii specifically, like the original. Okay, Wii. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Um, did, did... Yeah, like, aside from, like, No More Heroes, I can't think of anything. Um... I mean, there's the when I think of like WiiWare games, there's only one that comes to mind for me, and it got re-released on the Vita, which means, I mean, it's dead anyway. Uh, and it's Final Fantasy yeah. for uh, the After Years. Yeah, that that did get put on the Vita, didn't it? Shit. Yeah, it got ported as a uh, well, it's a PSP game technically. It got put on the PSP. Oh yeah. Uh, and so it's on the Vita because that's how I played it. Um, it's on the Vita. It's fun. As, I liked it. As the the complete collection and um you know it's it's not big news but it's kind of the end of an era because the the wii shop channel because the wii came out i want to say it came out before the 360 did uh, uh yes it did so the wii shop channel was the first of its kind yeah it's and, out here being innovative again and it's weird just to see it go but you know i'm shocked it's still up in the first place uh, yeah, but Nintendo is is weird about what they hang on to and what they let die. Because like they made That's no bones about the Wii U being dead. Like they're like, hey, yeah, Breath like, of the Wild is coming out. It's going to be the last game we ever put on the Wii U. Yep. And uh, this is if you want to switch. Because like I'm thinking about No More Heroes, and I know that we're getting a No More Heroes game on the Switch. Yes. Like Travis Strikes Back, I think is what's going to be called. Yep, we, uh, no Travis Strikes Back, No More Heroes. It is it yeah. is deliberately framed as that. It's not No More Heroes, Travis Strikes Back. It is right. No More Heroes is the subtitle. Yeah, but No More Heroes is in in my list of like favorite games. Period. I love No More Heroes a lot. Uh, I, I'm mad that No More Heroes two didn't get ported to the PlayStation like that. It, it's weird, though, because, like, No More Heroes was a game I heard about, but my first exposure to Suda is Lollipop Chainsaw. I mean, that's, that's still a Suda-ass game, so... And the... the like, Suda 51 is just a weird man. Yeah, and, like, the weirdest thing about no, about Lollipop Chainsaw is that it is, it is a game... It is a open-and-shut game. Uh, yep. That, that game, one, doesn't need a sequel, and two, is ne- would never get one anyway. Because, yeah, like, he he's he's good about that. Like, I'm I'm surprised no more heroes got a sequel because a lot of his games are one and done. Like Killer Seven, Killer that Se- is a one done ass game. Uh, Killer is dead. Also, like, yep. Like, uh, no more heroes getting a sequel is wild to me. Um, I'm surprised. And granted, I haven't played it in a while, but um, I'm surprised there aren't any. Like no more heroes references in Let It Die. Oh man, I thought Let It Die game. existed. Yeah, it's like it, it dropped. Like it's free to play. It exists. It's it's still updated, but it's just like almost like quiet games that that free to play. Um, but there's not much to it. It's a roguelike. 
It went around a tower. He you know, suplexed people to death. I mean, that's all you really need. Um, yeah, I mean, what more do you need from that? Speaking of what more do you need, uh, Swery's new game, The Good Life, uh, which is still uh, can still has a campaign running on Fig. You know anything about Fig, hmm. Manny? No. It effectively it is a crowdfunding campaign site um, that effectively makes you an investor if you uh, if you put enough money towards it. Where it's not just like oh you get all this special stuff. It's if this game sells well and you put over a certain amount of money into the game, you uh, will make money back on it. Huh, that's an interesting. What that's huh? Mm-hmm. And uh, Swery. That is interesting. Swery, developer of uh, of Deadly Premonition, and D Four is put it has a game that's on there. It's called The Good Life, and the campaign page was recently updated with a new Q and A, uh, where someone asks, you know, they ask, him, "Does this game have a story?" And his response is, "Yes, it does." Naomi, the main character, is a photographer from New York who has a massive debt. In order to pay off that debt, she undertook a special job from a large newspaper company, which sent her to a rural town in England to uncover the secret of Rainy Woods, the, quote, happiest town in the world. But as she begins her new life there, Naomi is quickly drawn into a murder mystery. While the player pays off her, their debt, they'll also be able to uncover the town's secrets and tell the, and the truth about the murder. And uh, when asked what's the game's biggest draw, Swery responded, when the when night falls in the game, all of the townspeople turn into cats or dogs. The player can also turn into a cat or dog for one week each month during what would be Naomi's period, and explore the town at night. These parts will feature a completely new and fun style of gameplay. Swery is weird. Yeah, that's pretty weird. But I'll be lying if I said I wouldn't play it. Like, you know, I like I'd be lying if I didn't say it was interesting. Like, yeah, definitely. Like as a concept, that's interesting. Um, Fig, huh? I'm surprised. I haven't heard of that before, like until just now. Uh, like, especially on Twitter, because I've only recently heard about it in the last couple weeks, and it was all in reference to the Good Life. Huh? Like, I'm, I'm looking through it now. Like a bunch of games have been backed. On this, on this app. Uh, that's that's but, neat. Uh, this reminded a certain. This reminded the uh, the person that posted this on NeoGaf of the um, of a interview with Swery from two years ago that I thought was interesting and I wanted to bring up, which is uh, which is, and I quote. Aside from that, I'm also working on a story about a high school girl detective who uses the imagination. Uh, energy from masturbating to help her solve murders but all the publishers keep telling me there's no way we could put out such a perverted game I'd back that <laughs> I'd back that game I, I'm not even on the front I would, I'd play the shit out of that because one of my favorite comics of the past decade was fucking sex criminals. Sex criminal that rules. That was a game about busting a nut to stop time and run. And Rob Banks. That is clearly my shit. Uh, but yeah, that's interesting. And I would, 
I would be interested to see how someone could navigate that without being perverted about it. <laughs> I mean, because, like, because, like, cause like se- uh, sex criminals is great because it's not, it it is, but it isn't perverted, where it's, like, it revels in it. Where and it's like these two characters that are sexual people, but they're sexual people because they're comfortable with each other. Yeah, like it's not just like like, like they are definitely. Like it, it is a great representation of just like sexual liberation of that just that sexual liberation. Right? They're just uh, like you said, two people who are comfortable enough to just bang. And it's not weird. It's just. I think the first scene of that book is them like doing it in a bank bathroom so they can rob that bank. Yeah. Like. Like like I I told someone the premise of it, and they were like, "That sounds like the dumbest thing ever." And like a week later, they're like, "Okay, I take it back. This is actually the hypest shit." I'm like, "See, (laughs) it's great, Matt Fraction. I love him." Uh, I would. I, I said this to Vincenzo the other day. I would give Matt Fraction like my firstborn if he asked for it. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Because he's After, also responsible for Immortal Iron Fist, which is the best. And Hawkeye. And Hawkeye. Uh, speaking of giving up your firstborn, Final Fantasy 15 has now uh, added another update. Uh, which adds a new event to Chapter 12 of the game, which explains the War of the Astrals, which is the war of the uh, the summons in that game. How do you feel about that? I know that you had a lot of feelings about... I just want that game to be, like, done. Like, I want to... Like, because I, I saw playing... Chapter three, because I, I have a lot of about Final Fantasy fifteen. Not many of them are very good. Uh, I I want to play it. I do because I love those boys. Those the boys are great, and you you know you stopped in chapter three, so you stopped before like anything really happens with Luna, who I think is great. I think Luna's fantastic. And the only reason why I stopped is because I, I get and this is a problem I have with most games that have a shoehorned open world. I hate that nobody talks about what's happening. Like the last thing I did, I did this shit with Titan. I think it's I think it was, it was Titan. Anyway, I thought I fought a summon. Yeah, it's Titan much. is the first one. Th- their car gets taken away. They gotta find it. Cool. Dire. There are stakes happening. Dire shit goes down. And I just hate that the second I'm out of a cutscene where they're talking about this, it's just like. Everything's back to normal. Like, Prompto was like, hey, uh, there's a fishing spot over there. Not. I'll catch some largemouth bass right now, Prompto. I wanna find my fucking car. That the empire stole from us. Why do you want me to go fishing right now? It's it's like I've been waiting since it was a versus thirteen. Right? I've been waiting a long time to play as Noctis, 
and I finally it's finally here and it's not even the same game it was going to be. And the weirdest part is there are clearly pieces of versus thirteen in that game. The combat. Yeah, the, for, for the, starters. The Royal Arms. Those are both um those are both remnants of of verse thirteen. And like I just I don't know, dude. Like I, I wanna like it, but I I, I, I I'm not gonna touch the game until until the last update to story stuff hits that game. I don't want to play anything other than like their complete vision of that game. Like all the story stuff from Kingsglaive that they're going to be adding, like all the other, like, like all the, I want all like the, the character chapters be in the game in, in order. Like I'm basically waiting for like them to just announce, Hey, here's FF15 complete. Right. The complete edition, the gold edition. All this stuff in it. That's what I waited for because it's a game that I I, I know I know I'm not gonna have a good time because there are things about that game that, that are gonna nag me. I hate this open world. It's open world for no reason. The world is dead. That's that's, that's a dead ass world. And There's it, nothing to do. It's it's weird because like there is uh in the last chapter of the game you go to the world like you go out. You step out of where you were t- into the overworld, and like the world is actually dead. <laughs> like it's just, it's... and like you, like it is the most streamlined part of that game where you step out of where you were, where Noct was, and you go. There's nothing to do. There's actually nothing to do but go straight to go see to go see uh to go see Sydney, or Cindy, whose name should be Sydney. <laughs> yeah. There's no <laughs> like. Yeah, and, and and it's just very. I don't know. I, I I hate that like playing it and knowing that it's not done. And I I applaud Square Enix. They released it know full well what it was. Like yo, we don't want to delay this again. Right, and that, that's that's years. the thing is, I think if they had waited to put everything else in, that game wouldn't be up till next year. Yeah, and they, I think at that point, they're like, we've been Square been 10 years. and Sony were like, yo, we got to give them this. Like, to say, okay, we'll give it to them. And they're like, yo, there's more shit we're going to add to this, but we want, we feel like this is enough for now. And we hope you enjoy it. And I, I appreciate the transparency because if I didn't know that, Going into fifteen, I would hate it, and I don't hate it. I just I'm I'm aware of what's missing, and I want it all. I want I want the full Monty of that game. I want the full experience. I want the dick and the balls. I want it all. <laughs> I want it all, dude. It's not fair. It's a neutered game. I don't want a new. I want all the balls, Marcus. All of them. <laughs> I I need it, I want it, and then they haven't given it to me yet. So until until I get those balls, Marcus, I'm not gonna touch Final Fantasy 15. 
<laughs> speaking the, speak, the fact that I said that with a straight face is astonishing, by the way. Oh my god. Uh, but, sp- but yeah, I, I, I just when it's done, when like they're like, hey, here's the last story update for Final Fantasy 15. We are done. This game is complete. When that happens, I will happily dive into it and I'll play it and I will probably love it. Because I, I I liked bits of what I played. My my folly was probably thinking that the open world was gonna be something that it wasn't. Because yeah, it's, it's 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 not. It's like, hey, like yeah, going fishing is fine, but it makes no sense to do that considering the stakes. Like that feels so disconnected from everything else. Like I feel like the actual story and the open world segments are like like I feel like at one point, they just wanted it to be an open world game. Of it's like these four friends driving around this world, getting into shit. I'd play that game. I would. But when you win, like the scene where Nock learns about his his father dying, that's a heavy scene. Right? He is he's like he's determined, and then you get back to the open world, and no one's talking. About and that stings. Because I've seen what good open world games can do. Witcher 3, amazing open world. A lively open world with lots to do. It all makes sense, even in context with the main story. Final Fantasy 15 doesn't have that. Side quest is like, hey, go find these frogs at night. Right. Like, Why? And, and like, the thing is, the things that FF15 does well, it does phenomenally. Uh, there, there's a point in that game where you have to fight an enemy that is way bigger than you, and you have to actively fight it. And it is, I played two platinum games last year, uh, Metal Gear, uh, Metal Gear Rising: Revengeance and Bayonetta 2. It is the single best boss fight I played in the entirety of 2016. The things that that game really? does, what? Yeah, it rules. Like the whole time, I was like yelling because it was, it, it's just the, it's the hypest. And, and 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 that's one thing I I love about it. The combat in fifteen is silk. It is smooth. It's Dragon's Dogma. Yeah, it it is amazing. And like I I I spec into like the team room tree, and it's great. Like I love watching like little things like Prompto, like seeing me hurt and running over to me to like shield me from people. It's great. Like. Um, Ignis helped me up off the ground. Great. Gladius, Gladiolus, whatever his name is. You can fastball special. Yeah. He just throws it is you. Great. <laughs> and it's great. That's great. The combat is great. Those boys, all great. I love them all. I just wish they were in a game that, that gave a shit about the world around them. And it just doesn't. And, and its biggest folly is just, is really it's open world. That should have been a linear game. You can keep the regalia if you want, but you know, while they're driving around, they could even have random battles back from the old Final Fantasy games. Just have them driving along, talking about whatever, get into a fight with the Empire or maybe some monsters or whatever. Wow, you can keep the world where it's, it doesn't need to be open. Yeah. Like. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
uh, speaking of worlds, the last thing we're going to get into, because we've been running almost three hours. Whoops. Uh, oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 uh, trailer. Uh, finally showing us more stuff than we saw in the last one, where the last one was just kind of like, hey, the game exists. Yeah, it exists. It looks really good. It is. Um, uh, the, the thing I was worried about uh, when it got announced and it was like, it's going to be kind of a prequel, uh, everyone kind of assumed you're going to be John again. You're going to be young John. Right. Um, nope. Nope. Straight up, just a different character, which I like. Because um, I like John, but John yeah. should stay gone. Yeah, I, I don't. I I think we'd be fools to assume you wouldn't see John because I know we're, we're gonna. Yeah, you're playing as somebody in, in Dutch's yeah. gang. Like John's gonna show. They're, they're gonna either reference him or he's gonna be there. But um, but yeah, because I playing as Dutch's gang would be interesting because Dutch wasn't always a villain, right? Like he was pretty altruistic for a while. He was like almost Robin Hoodish, and I don't. Rem- I haven't played um, Red Dead Redemption in a while. Um, I don't remember if John ever talked about what Dutch did to just like full on heel turn. Like it just it's just established that he used to be a good man, even though he was a criminal. Then he just became a straight up bad person. Right. And I'm interested in seeing if this is the game that lets us see what happened with if Dutch. Flip the switch. Yeah, and become Dutch as we know him from Red Dead Redemption. And I think the best way to do that is to play John in the prequel. It'd be too easy. But playing as a character who was in the game allows us to see Dutch from a a brand new perspective separated from John, it's like okay, like we know what happens between you. And we know how, the, how your story ends already. So this doesn't do much, but a new character is like, okay, okay so what's what's their um relationship like? You know, what what's what's their deal? Like how, what role is this guy gonna play? And Dutch going bad. Right. What role does this guy's play in John's life? Um, so that's that interests me a lot. The the thing I was kind of hoping for when the game first got announced, when it got because it got teased last year at first. Yeah. And the thing I was the most interested in was I I I didn't want it to be a prequel because I didn't want it to be I didn't want to run the risk of it being uh, a younger John. I was I wanted it to just be a straight up sequel with Jack. Um and par partially cuz I like Jack, but partially because I like Josh Blaylock uh and I want him to get work. <laughs> yeah, like Jack got a lot of a lot of heat that I don't think was like yeah, it was kind of uh, like after Playing as the greatness of, of John for the entire game. To now playing have to Jack, play as his son, who yeah, isn't as cool. Yeah, post death is. Since we're not with him that long, so it's like it feels. I I feel like the game should have just ended. Right. 
once John dies. Because I would have played a sequel to that game of Jack getting revenge. I would have played an entire game. But, you know, I understand that they wanted to end John's story completely. So the epilogue of it is, is Jack getting revenge. Um, which is fine, but, but yeah, I, I think I think Red Dead Redemption 2 is like, it's going to be great. Especially considering like all the, like it's going to have a similar online mode to GTA 5. Man, Rockstar has been giving that community like gold. Well, that's the reason why uh, why they're not in any hurry to make GTA 6. Yeah. They're just going to keep updating GTA 5 with content. And they should because it's clearly working. People, their game is still in like the top five in certain Like Barry posted a tweet not long ago. GTA 5 is still like top, like, like, like the fifth like most sold game in the UK. And I think it might be everywhere else. It might be the most sold game of all time. Like, yeah, like people love it, and not necessarily because of GTA Five, but because of GTA Online. Right. Like, I know people who bought that game didn't touch the story; they just played online. Um. Well, like that's the thing is, uh, rec- like earlier this year, I got uh GTA Five again on the PS4, um, because Al bought it for me, and right. I've, ever since it came, ever since I like I got back into it, I have not. I played the one mission in the story that you have to play, and I haven't touched that story since. And I like the story of GTA Five. I can't remember a lot of it. Like I, I maintain that um, that like of games of that style that have come out recently, GTA Five might is like maybe the third best where like where i look at like the last 10 years like yeah. I, I would rank red dead redemption one and sleeping dogs over it in that order yeah <sighs> sleeping dogs dude if we talk about sleeping dogs we'll be here all night because i love sleeping dogs yeah that has dan played sleeping dogs i think so yeah, because uh, I remember not, me and him were talking about it, and he the I mentioned Sleeping Dogs, and the first thing he said was, "I'm Wei Shen, motherfucker. Who are you?" Yeah, like yeah, Sleeping Dogs cast coming soon. Me, me, Marcus, and Dan. Yeah, we were just gonna yell dog eyes for an hour and a half. Pretty much, yeah. Um, well, speaking of like five minutes. Speaking of an hour and a half, we ran for two and a half hours, uh, and I think that's it for us, unless there was anything. Like... Yeah. Uh, um. Apologize for the the Spartan Man banter. That was like a solid forty five minutes. I think. Ah, uh, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, it was good banter, so I don't love it. Yeah. Um. But uh, as always, this has been the Player Advantage Podcast. I'm Marcus. He's Manny. Uh, that's me. You can follow Manny on Twitter at the Manny. Follow the uh, the player advantage Twitter at player ADV. Follow me at Ricky Dreamboat. We've got a lot of stuff uh, going on with the with the, the YouTube channel with the the site. Uh, Garrett's got his great like a fantastic uh, review of uh, Breath of the Wild. Uh, I recently put up a list of the best comics to get into if you're not familiar with comics. 
or what I feel are like five really good ones at least. Um, we've got a lot. Uh, we've got a lot coming. Um, and uh, until the next time uh, we talk to you guys, uh, take it easy. Peace.